Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with fightful, better fallback. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk raps. Will Phil and Reg, yeah, we're Graps D here to talk raps. Yeah, we're Graps D here to talk raps. Welcome to another edition of Grapsity. It's Saturday, it's April 15th, 2023. I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here. I'm never alone here on this show. Oh, no. We've got Mr. Philip Lindsay. Guys. You know, man. It's been quite a week for me, man. Quite a week. Um, very happy to be here. Um, been quite a week, man. I'll just say. We'll talk about it. We'll, yeah. We will talk about it. Also mm. here is Righteous Reg. In the building, it's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. It's Saturday, April 15th. Get your taxes done. Shout out to my cousin Rob. It's his birthday, too. Um, Saturday. What's up? That's right. Hovey Hove is out in yeah. Paris, man. Man, Hove's killing it out in Paris. But why are they getting a show? Like Somebody was like, he's doing a show for a bunch of suits. I'm like, yeah, they don't even know these songs. Um, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, man, but no, quite historic. Him um, getting to go to Paris and uh, do that uh, Basquiat Warhol show. Mm-hmm. So That's dope, hard. man. Uh, I saw all the videos, and I was I was quite jealous of people that got to go to Paris and see him. Right. It's awesome. You know, we we got to talk about last night. I'm sorry, Phil, because it was so close all game long. Mm. I was rooting for the Bulls. I was. I was rooting for the Bulls. And maybe that was my mistake. But uh, What's the young Bulls name? Some white? Kobe? Yeah, he was going off. 
Yeah, then uh, Donovan decided to take him out and put Caruso in. I don't know what the fuck mm. he's done. Mm. Uh, Caruso was fucking up the entire time he put him in there, too. Like, what are you mm. Doing? Mm. like uh, so far, I'm almost disappointed. I was telling you guys in our, our group chat yesterday. I'm almost disappointed that the play-in is kind of proven a little useless in that, yeah. like, Seven and eight won, so and won their spots. Mm-hmm. So and, like and it, it isn't useless because um, certain guy said that it was a dumb idea and uh, he's needed it to be in the playoffs for the last what, three years. So mm. yes, yeah. but the th- but what I'm saying is he would have been in the playoffs anyway if the playoffs just started as normal. But seven and eight because seven and eight still got their spots, right. and so uh that's always a little disappointing is that like i, I want to at least see one upset i want to see one nine or ten make their way in mm-hmm. and like really prove that there is some value to it and so i was like all right 10 seed bulls let's see it let's see it get done and then nope nope no that they were the, they were the first 10 seed to win in the first round of a playing tournament game mm-hmm. uh pulled out that win didn't think they were going to win that first win and that's why i was looking last night and i was like oh you guys think they're going to win two in a row (laughs) (laughs) novices i've been a chicago fan long enough to know that's not happening Um, even even when they were playing well and they looked good all the way through throughout the game into that fourth they pulled a nice little comeback and i was sitting there like i don't believe it and so when the comeback started (laughs) happening i was like so, ah, I don't so you were the problem. See, they needed everybody in Chicago mm-hmm. to believe, but right. there was one person who just wouldn't Didn't believe. believe. Nah, they needed they needed Demar's um, daughter out there to no, for real. Some, some free throws because for uh, reals. she was amazing out in uh out in Toronto. Uh, but no, I, I I knew that Miami was going to win, and I mean, whichever team won is playing for the chance to get their brains beaten in by the Milwaukee Bucks. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, so. I mean. I, I and I and I think Milwaukee is going to sweep the Heat. Honestly, I think they're going to win four straight. I would think so. Oh, for sure. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking again. Uh, this playoff series is looking like like I heard Charles uh, make some upset predictions, but I think top seeds are going to kind of mm-hmm. sweep the whole way through. Maybe not sweep, but I think they'll at least pull it off across the board. So we'll see. Um, Man, I'm preparing myself already because I was sitting at home watching Minnesota almost get the job done, was was stomping these guys out for a whole two for a whole half, and then just couldn't finish it out. And I saw what Dylan Brooks said, and and in that moment I said, "Man, I have a feeling that the Memphis Grizzlies are gonna lose. Mm. Um, they should be able to beat the Lakers handedly, but I just don't believe yet." Mm. I kind of have a feeling they're going to let that team sneak into the second round. You think so? They're going to let the Lake Show rally? I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but Milwaukee is fairly inconsistent. They've got a yeah. – and, and they've shown a lot of immaturity too. So mm. I, I want to be wrong about this. I do not want to see this team sneak into the second round, but I feel like it could happen. Basketball is always good times. Mm-hmm. And uh, – it's, it, I don't know. It's a great time to be here. I see. My team's playing today, baby. It's about to Board. be all threes raining. Playing Board dude. The best ca- best team in California? Mm. Board guy. dude in the chat asks, what's the game in the back today, Will? I mean, can you not tell? It is the world famous Marvel versus Capcom 2. New world Age of famous. Heroes. 
I couldn't decide on which one before the, the show. And I'm like, should I go with Marvel vs. Capcom 1? And I was like, nah, I should go with X-Men vs. Street Fighter. And I'm like, no, you know the one everybody loves. It's Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And uh, I have great memories with that game. And that that's what it is today. Um, I remember spending hours upon hours playing that game and unlocking all of the hidden characters because there are so many. Mm-hmm. And then one day, uh, I discovered it by accident. I know like it became kind of the thing everybody knew where the money that you earned in the game, or the, I guess the points, I forgot what the currency was, to unlock characters was all just based on the amount of time you played the game. And so one day I accidentally left it on all day and noticed, oh shit, I got enough to buy like five extra characters. And so, hmm. And I remember going to school and just leaving the game on Mm -hmm. and then coming back home and be like, all right, how much we got now? And then going Mm -hmm. and unlocking more. And I would leave it on overnight just to rack up as much pointage in the game as i could and then i saw online like everybody knew that trick they're like yeah just leave the game on overnight and then come back to it in the morning and you've got everything you need mm. like oh okay yeah who, who remembers <laughs> that struggle before memory cards of leaving the game yep. pausing the game and leaving the game on <laughs> mm-hmm. and turning your tv off yeah yeah you come home and it's off one day and you're like what <laughs> uh, i I took my daughter to a vintage game shop uh, yesterday, actually, and we came across this Dreamcast controller. And she's like, "Why is a Why is there a hole in the controller?" And I go, mm-hmm. "Oh, so that was where you put the memory card." She looks at me like, "What?" I'm like, "Okay, that doesn't even make any sense." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, so we couldn't just save games." I know it's a weird thing because it's something that you've had your whole life to just be able to you just save and walk away, but we couldn't save our games. We needed memory cards for that. Mm-hmm. And on the Dreamcast, they went in the controller. Yeah, she's like, why is there two slots? That doesn't even make sense you saying it right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> I had a Dreamcast, and I'm still like, that does not make sense. That's dumb. Oh, yeah. And then I showed her because they actually had a visual memory unit. I'm like, they had screens on the memory unit. And mm. you could see it in the controller. They gave you a little cool graphic while you're playing your game. And sometimes they were even playable. And then she's like, what's this slot for? And I'm like, oh, that's for the Rumble Pack. And she's like, the what? I'm like, so <laughs> our controllers didn't just like always vibrate the way they do now. You had to put something in the controller to the make that happen. The Rumble Pack. The Rumble Pack. It wasn't built in until the DualShock. Mm-hmm. That was the first. Mm. <sighs> huh. Kids these days do not know the struggles. Lucky just download their games. Don't even have to leave the house. Don't have to convince their parents to try to take them to the fucking mall to get a game. They just do it at in their room. No, as a matter of fact, I feel like the charm of Christmas is gone a little bit. Like when mm-hmm. with my kids, when they get new games on Christmas Day, they just turn on their Switch and they're like, all right, what's here now? Yeah, uh, we got. And it's like, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's how I do it. I download games overnight and then they get up the next morning and Christmas Day is here. What's been downloaded? Duh, that sucks. That's pretty that sucks. Smart, yeah. You buy physical games. What's wrong with you? Uh space. Like at this point, it's just Yeah, I mean you, I mean if you want them to have the Christmas experience, then I would just buy physical games. My mm-hmm. kids own exactly one phys- they own one physical Switch game and that's it for the 
Otherwise, all of their games, their whole collection is digital, which means they don't even know the charm of trading in your games and getting five dollars for getting something that in. you spent 60 that is on not scam. a charm that's a scam. <laughs> worst scam. day of my life going to games i think he's about to clean up they're like that's 13 dollars you're like i came in here with 600 dollars worth of stuff bro what the fuck hate scam. those motherfuckers <laughs> he's not lying though 10 games you probably would get 13 dollars mm-hmm. uh great times though all right but don't forget that this is grapsity and for those of you who happen to be watching live if you want to send us a super chat you know we spend the show reading those. YouTube.com slash Fightful is a way to send us a super chat. You can also send us your Humper Chats at any point, and that's at HumperChats.com, and we read those as well. Um, of course, YouTube takes a bigger cut of the super chat, so if you want to help us out, the Humper Chats uh, tend to work out a little bit better, but then the super chats. I get the convenience of super chats, so I'm, I will never discourage a super chat uh, because they're all great. Um, we got this one from Hala. Hala, Hala, Hala. Uh, it says, uh, bam. Grapsity, do you think the potential decision to split the AEW roster indicates that TK is trying to sweep the problems under the rug rather than solve them directly? How could it affect locker room morale? So, I'm glad this story is out there because you guys know we've been sitting on this one. <laughs> for like a month um but this was not really like my story to report and mm-hmm. so uh but we were talking about it wrestlemania weekend i know me and phil had a phone conversation about it what was that like three weeks ago um so the story's been out there a while uh and i don't i don't think it's as simple i think it is um Hell, here's a funny thing. Uh, I want everybody to go back and watch, uh, to know who already knew this story. (laughs) Go back and watch the Ring of Honor media scrum (laughs) and re-listen to uh, Nick Hausman's last question Mm -hmm. at the scrum. Mm -hmm. Just, again, re-watch it, re-listen to his last question, and you'll understand how long some of this information has been out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way, the reason I brought that up was because the way that Nick phrased the question, um, he asked Tony about, do you feel separate rosters is a good way for managing uh, certain tempers, certain personalities, certain guys that don't get along, certain relationships? Do you feel that's an effective tool for doing that? And, uh, and of course, Tony very smartly dodged the question and turned it around to talking about Ring of Honor as the split, mm-hmm. um, even though there's no split between Ring mm-hmm. of Honor and AEW. They literally taped them at Dynamite right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that was, a, <laughs> that was a good way to dodge those. Um, I think they've got, I think next week there might be a Orlando taping. If it's not next I week, it's the week so. after. I hope so. Please. <laughs> Hurry. Um, but they're, they're coming up on one um soon enough and and i i prefer that because i prefer the audience being there for ring of honor I exactly get it. yes um because it feels like they they know the talent better and the last the few weeks i felt like aw dark honestly and like not in a good way like i was i'm watching the show for ring of honor not for aw light yeah like it. you get the red white and blue ropes like you, you don't want that you want yeah. the ring of honor look and mm-hmm. you want it to look more intimate and like ring of honor i get it yeah uh but as far as 
trying to sweep problems under the rug. I don't know that it's trying to sweep problems under the rug as much as it's just like, how do I manage this? I think this is this. Uh, I think it's a tool for attempting to manage it. Now I don't know what this, how they're going to pull this off. Um, I do know that the Saturday show is looking like it's going to be um, a full two-hour show, um, and I keep seeing a lot of people saying, "So does this mean they're throwing in the towel on Rampage?" Um, yeah, and I always kind of think that's interesting because Tony, from day one, when he was asked about Rampage, the show he compared it to was Sunday Night Heat. Mm-hmm. He never compared it to like a SmackDown or anything along those lines. But I feel like there was an expectation, probably because of where punk showed up that this show was going to be like AEW SmackDown mm-hmm. and not so much like their heat was. And, uh, but I think ultimately they did become heat. It is still heat. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's the, the show that it kind of close or more closely resembles. Um, but yeah, there's, there's there's a lot happening there, and uh, what what do you guys think of the split roster potential? Um, and keep in mind that it's supposed to not be a hard split roster, but it's, yeah, they're they're calling it more of a soft split. Um, that's how Sean had put it in the Fightful Select story, and I don't know how do you guys feel about that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be as much of a split as people making are making it out to be. I mm-hmm. think people saw brand split and they were like, oh. Oh, they're they're bending over backwards for this guy. How can they do this? And it's like, all right, well, we don't know how this is going to play out. Personally, I I think that it's it's probably not going to work out as well as they hope because you're going to need two parties to be in the same place at at certain periods. Um, it's going to be hard to avoid it. Um, but this is I don't think it's him trying to sweep anything under the rug because if the way it sounds from the reports we got this week, it sounds like. Uh, Punk is trying to have meetings with people. He's trying to come back and at least deal with the situation if he wants to be there. Um, and I don't think Tony has tried to skate away from that. Um, if anything, it's taken him a while to come back with a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're at what, like the seven month mark? Um, so I don't, I don't think he's trying to sweep things under the rug. I think he's trying to his best to have his cake and eat it too. And I don't know how well it's going to work out for him. I don't know if, if it's worth the risk. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly what Phil's saying. It's going to be some interesting moments. Say like a go-home show before a pay-per-view on a Saturday. Can you? Are you going to not have all hands on deck because you can't? You know what I mean? And then this is also interesting that they're doing this show on Saturday and they have Rampage on Friday, so they're doing shows back-to-back. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's TV's great for everybody. I don't think it's going to be a bad thing for anyone, but it's going to be an interesting choice because wrestlers are still going to wrestler be wrestlers, and so there's going to be as, as we've seen, you know what I mean? Like wrestler. things are never going to kind of change in, in that in that key. But I, I don't think it's going to be. I'm going to reiterate. I don't think it's going to be as hard uh, split as most people think. It's going to be like almost. Most weeks on Dynamite, like sometimes you get Kenny Omega and then the next week he's not there. And then the next week, he's, you know what I mean? It's like he's not there every single week. Even That's uh, a really good point. I you hadn't I mean? thought about that. Yeah, that you're right. That is how it tends to go. That um, one of the big complaints about AEW TV is that it doesn't really work on a week to week basis. It's almost like mm-hmm. an every other week kind of thing yeah. where you get half the roster on Dynamite here, then half the roster uh, the next week and they'll maybe show you like some promos but like we didn't get jay white at all this week we got a right. uh, a pre-tape and i do suppose 
that that can help manage that because that mm -hmm. wasn't always the case. That became the case in Daly's place. Right. Um, but when Day AEW first started, you're right. It was more of a, a week to week to week show. And then in Daly's place, and it was really just because of managing more so not having all the guys in the building at once right. because you couldn't during the pandemic. But it was a way of kind of managing, okay, we're now going to swap out the guys that you saw this week, this mm -hmm. week. And I thought that was going to die down when they went back on the road, but it really didn't. It you, never really did. Nah. Yeah. It, it You do see a show that kind of swaps week to week to week where uh, FTR wasn't on Dynamite this week. And yeah, maybe that would help the idea of doing more straight week to week to week television. Mm -hmm. um, the... Uh, I don't know. I can I can see that, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. No. Now I don't know how it will work for the morale thing. I think the morale <laughs> is where it is now, and I think people um, that are on one side of the fence are going to stay on that side of the fence. I don't think I much is going to change that. Um, I I think it's gonna. I think the tell is going to be if you bring Punk back, how does he attempt to remedy the situation? Because he's got to he's got to do something to alleviate people that are upset with him backstage. Um, I think it would be a mistake to just plop him back into the locker room and not do anything to address it. Um, yeah. And I, I've seen people that go, oh, well, it needs to be public. I, I think there's certain conversations he needs to have privately with people. I do think that he needs to address it, certain parts of the entertainment part of it publicly. But I think in order to alleviate certain people, he's going to have to do something to speak to people in the locker room. And right. and I don't not understand um, why people are jumping to the idea that he's not going to address anything publicly. Mm -hmm. um, so because of course the word or the rumor around right now is that he's returning on that June twenty first dynamite in Chicago, um, and that smile on Phil's face. <laughs> and I don't know. Give the man a chance to maybe address some things. In a you gotta let him talk. He has to talk. Yeah, you know. Uh, Last time he was in Chicago and made a return there, he did. He addressed mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stuff, and he apologized. And, um, you know, he talked about I – mean, he cut a promo for the fans. It was one of the most memorable promos, I think, honestly, wrestling history-wise, as far as what he got to say and, and, you know, announcing that he was back to wrestling. Um, you know, if I guess he does come out and just go, hey, guys, I'm back. See ya. And yeah. like it doesn't address any reasons why he was gone. I think that would be a problem. But mm -hmm. again, yeah. I, I always give the benefit that's, of the doubt. That's not his mo, though. That's not how. Yeah. He, that's not really how he, he he does things. So I mm -hmm. I can't see him doing that. Yeah, um, he did straight up say, you know, a famous phrase he uttered earlier or middle of last year was, uh, "The apology needs to be as public as the disrespect." Um, and if he's somebody that truly believes that, I feel like. I don't know uh, what promo would he cut. Like he hasn't had a, I guess, the opportunity to be in front of the AEW audience the way he was when he went off at uh, in the the Gripe Bomb. Uh, which again, not defending, I think that was still the biggest uh, error of mm -hmm. anything that took place. I, I still stand by that. That no matter what took place backstage, any of that, uh, ugh, that was an issue. Um, Let's see. We've got some others that I want to read here. We've got Van Twinblade, who 
says, and let's make sure I'm reading the right one. All right, Vance Winblade says, Miu Yamashita is coming to Glory Pro, baby. It's only 20 bucks, y'all. Come on down and watch my girl Tootie beat her ass on May 21st at the South Broadway Athletic Club. It's going to be tough for Tootie. Miu is going off. She's having some great matches all across the U.S. right now, so that's going to be a dope match. Um, And, yeah, I mean... But uh, she's she's making her way all around. I know she's gonna be working Lucha Libre and laughs here soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's. I saw that they're having a two day back to back shenanigans coming up here soon. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great little indie show. If you're mm-hmm. in the Denver area, that's that's kind of our our local one, and it does they sell out every single time uh, at the old Oriental Theater. Um, yeah, which um, I've seen many a concert at. Did I see Bone Thugs and <laughs> Harmony there? Pretty sure I saw Bone Thugs and Harmony there uh it's it's a great uh it's a great venue if you've ever seen pretty much anybody perform there and that's the home of lucha libre and laughs yeah so wait a minute if i understand correctly too the saturday show is essentially going to be the punk show that's basically what's been reported is that he is going to be on saturdays mm-hmm. that's an interesting hook for the saturday shows but saturday is an interesting time slot i don't care what you put there it's going to be a yeah. tough sell for most people no um, matter what saturday because that's what people say about rampage already they're like watching a show on friday night how am i supposed to do that who's going to watch yeah. a show on saturday night yeah saturday wrestling is tough um mm-hmm. i do think punk adds a nice hook to it but you're bringing cm I'm, punk back and you want him to be a draw you want them on your flagship show on Wednesday nights as well, right? I mean, to be fair, Saturday pay-per-views have been performing quite well. And yeah, but so pay-per-view. <laughs> still, mm-hmm. but at least there there is a willingness to sit down and watch professional wrestling on a Saturday. And those are the ones that have been setting all the pay-per-view record numbers, um, or at least pre- premium live event records have all been set by Saturday shows. And so uh, at least I could say that there is a willingness being shown by the audience to sit down and watch wrestling on Saturdays. Now, are they showing it to watch it every week? No, um, because you can't prove that right now. But at least there's proof that people do want to sit and watch them on a Saturday. Um, now, uh, the thing people are noticing, everybody's now going back and looking at the advertised event uh, for Saturday that is advertised as a TV taping. Um, and it says AEW Live, but they have it doesn't have a name on it. It just says AEW Saturday taping event or t- Saturday Live event, and they know it's going to be TV, but they haven't announced the name of the show. I'm told that's going to be announced at the uh, Warner Upfronts on May seventeenth. Mm. Uh, so we'll know by what is that? That's four weeks from this Wednesday. Yeah. So it we'll, like it sounds like Punk might be a part of that presentation too, based on Sean's report. Um, so it sounds like uh, we might have an answer by then if he'll be back this summer. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot there. But mm. the, the funny thing about the everybody noticing that the poster for that event has everybody advertised but the elite. There's Moxley's on the poster. Uh, and, like, you know, every other AEW event has the elite advertised. Even if they're not there, that Battle of the Belt show had, like, Kenny Omega front and center, and he was not there at all. So Brandon Cutler's <laughs> name is not anywhere on this poster, is it? But if you look at this, <laughs> I, I got it pulled up. Hold on. I, I could even uh, 
I'm going to find a way to bring this on. Somebody said Cutler had a match uh, on Dynamite with Moxley and was like, let me get my shit off. He did. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you see me bleeding? I I bled for this shit, bro. Fuck that motherfucker. No, I get it. You got to rock for your homies. Simple as that. No, listen, I I seen that and I know what happened, man. Like, sometimes, you know, your friend is not the guy that can say it. No, you won't say it. I will. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, we know that. Right we here, did, we know that. Absolutely, right we know that. Yeah, Sam, motherfucker, I'll say it then. Fuck that motherfucker. I, I pulled up the poster. It's this right here. So you notice, like, it's promoting all of the AEW stars, but there happen to be three missing from this poster. They got the big homie looking maybe. big on there. Let's go, baby. <laughs> so no, that's what? super interesting, though, because you know, like, they would be. It's in fucking Canada, and there's no kidding, Omega. What? Yeah. Eh, you know, maybe a coincidence. I don't know. <laughs> that don't that know. happens to be the thing people I notice on social media are noticing the most about that poster is that, uh, and I guess if you're listening audio-wise, the front row has Darby Allen. Uh, oh, let me pull this up again. Darby Allen, Jade Cargill, Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy, and Danhausen. And then uh, at the top, you've got uh, Anthony Bowens and Jamie Hayter and uh, Wardlow, John Moxley, Christian Cage. So, like being in Canada, they made sure Christian's on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Claudio. And then in the middle, you have Max Caster, Chris Jericho, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Brian Danielson. They got my homie between Brian Danielson and. Chris Jericho? What kind of a life is this, man? <laughs> Great times. But no elite anywhere on that poster. So Yeah. Uh should be interesting. Uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting summer. Um I've been uh Summer of someone question I've been, mark. I've been getting my jokes off and going, Hey man, couldn't uh couldn't put Forbidden Door into Chicago again. I know you need something to put the week before my birthday. I appreciate it, man. Um, they wasn't going to forget about you. I, listen, man, I, it's nice to be noticed. I, I appreciate it. Um, if Punk is at this show, it's going to be very interesting. I've seen a lot of people say that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he comes back at the heel or not. But I think you don't. we still don't know how crowds are going to react to him. And I think that's right. going to be interesting to watch as well. Well, I've Chicago's got, gonna love him. Chicago's well, I mean, no, outside uh, of Chicago, yeah. I mean, of course, Chicago is gonna give him a good reaction, but I don't know how he's gonna how the response will be er- everywhere else because there are a lot of loyal elite fans. And Definitely, I do think that that has split the fan base in some ways, but it's gonna be interesting to see how that translates to live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that they should turn him heel right away. I broke down how I would book it for Bleach Report, and I thought I made a pretty good case as to you shouldn't make him heal right away, but Get you that can. Plug in, big dog. You can down the right, down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my quick synopsis: while Will is not on screen, mm-hmm. and we're looking at a mop, mm-hmm. why he has a mop with headphones? I thought that was J Five. Short circuit. Nobody. Okay. Um. Yeah. Short circuit. Uh, <laughs> um, so, quick oh. synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick, quick, <laughs> quick synopsis. I can't, you guys. Quick synopsis for uh, oh, shit. 
for uh, people if you didn't read the article. What I essentially said is you should bring him back and have him be as sincere as possible. And because that, that first show is, is the week before for Ben Door, have him accept the challenge and, and face Kenta for Ben Door. And he should lose. And he should lose because, you know, that would be a cathartic moment for fans. I mm-hmm. think he deserves to eat a little bit of crow after that. And I think Kenta should beat him with the go to sleep. And, <laughs> and, and so, and then from there, you can jump back into the MJF stuff and, and build that up into all in, all in and all out. But I wouldn't have him go straight into the match. I would have Kenny Omega come out and say, why do you deserve to represent this company? As a matter of fact, you've done plenty of things to show that you don't deserve to represent this company. I should represent this company and I should win the title and take it to Tokyo Dome in January. And that should build to Kenny versus CM Punk at All In, the number one contendership to face Max at All Out. That's how I would book it. Hmm. Not bad. That's actually I really like good. it. Yeah. Uh, so, also piggybacking on some things, uh, I saw now that it's out there, um, we can talk about it. Shout out to the homie Andrew Zarian. I know he watches this show. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andrew, for your support Shout all this time. Andrew. Um, but Andrew Zarian, uh, kind of dropped, uh, a story this week, um, today, actually. Uh, so it's been reported, Sean reported earlier this week that Chris Jericho was going to have a meeting with, um, CM Punk and Dave followed up on that, um, basically confirming that he's heard the same thing, that there's going to be a meeting between CM Punk and Chris Jericho to reconcile and uh as far as working together is concerned and andrew dropped the piece that again we'd all heard but uh it's there's a lot that you as far as wrestling media is concerned i'll say this um there is a lot of respect for people's reporting and whether or not we know what somebody's been working on or things along those lines uh for the most part um, a lot of the guys who get along in wrestling media tend to respect somebody's story. And if mm-hmm. it's if somebody has uh, a scoop on something and it's you know it's a story they've been working on, then regardless of who else knows it, um, it's one of those like, hey, this person's working on this, so you know respect their reporting until they've gotten it out there, and then we could talk about it. So anyway, Andrew dropped today that. Uh, this is leading to a Chris Jericho and CM Punk feud that uh, <laughs> that as far as them, I mean, I'll say this. I'll, I'll look at it from a positive side. CM Punk and Chris Jericho very much do not get along. Um, and we know that. We've heard it. It was not a work when Chris Jericho kind of put it out there that Punk will never step foot in an AEW locker room. Punk. <laughs> House wrong. <laughs> Punk uh, was not working when he tweeted about, uh, uh, had that Instagram post. He called Jericho a stooge. But I think they're both enough veterans of the business to know oh, yeah. where there's money to be made mm-hmm. off of the fact that these two do not like each other. As soon as and Jericho so- saw in his comments that people are like, you guys should wrestle, he was like, all right. Uh, money. Everybody <laughs> wants money. I like money. He don't care about yeah, this Yeah, that, that tweet that popped up of him saying, man, I've, I've always enjoyed working with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, yeah, I bet. 
So oh, okay. as far as them, because uh, the why meeting, is he having a meeting? He wasn't in the back in the back fighting. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was. Um, that was part of like that. That part didn't necessarily get all that reported, but it was. Uh, you know, he was the one that came out. We were in the room, me and Phil, mm. when uh, you know, Jericho oh, he was the one, the one that, that came in and was like, "It's going down out there." Right. Yeah, you know, he was back there. Um, and he wasn't, he wasn't involved though. Right. That's what, what I'm trying to say. He, he wasn't, was, he wasn't yeah, involved. He wasn't, he, like, he he wasn't involved in the conflict. He yeah. he just kind of he wasn't involved in the conflict, but he was involved in the he was involved in the backstage scuffle. Like he he was. Um, and but as far as his involvement in what happened i mean mm-hmm. yeah. tough to say but as far as jericho is concerned he is fancied as a locker room leader um and uh he does i was about to say he fancies himself but i will say that he is seen that way there no, totally. um and you know especially at in the aftermath of what happened him danielson and moxley all kind of stepped up in in a way of trying to rally the locker room back together and so uh, you know, Jericho was the one who both publicly and privately took charge and was like, look, this, we don't need him here. We got this. We started AEW and we're going to continue AEW. And so and that was all a coincidence. Yeah. And so in a way, I get why, especially with Punk directly calling him out of all people, you know, Punk has not addressed the elite in any way, but he has addressed Chris Jericho. Uh I can see why they believe there's money to be made there. Yeah. And I think the promos could be good. I think that uh, Jericho can be hokey, yes. But Jericho at his best, and I feel like he would have to very much shed the JAS stuff for this rivalry. Like, this can't just be a, we're sports entertainers, ha, ha, ha mm-hmm. kind of rivalry. This has to be something a little more personal. I always said that uh, I was not a fan of their feud in 2012 because I thought it was stupid. I thought Mm -hmm. that, hey, there's like actual wrestling stuff you can build this around. But of course, it had the the sports entertainment fingerprints on Mm -hmm. it of actually uh, CM Punk. You're a bastard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, stop, yeah. stop. Um, like, just make this a heated professional wrestling rivalry, mm-hmm. which is what it has the chance to be here. There's a lot of real life elements in it. There's a lot of drama you can do here. There's ways to make this good. And AEW is going on tour in Canada for a fucking month. So then they also <laughs> run into the fact that Punk has to face those crowds that entire time. Ooh. Tough. Yeah. Um, it can be good. Uh, but I just don't want this to be one of those feuds where it goes on too long and overstays its welcome. Jericho. I, I, I feel like some of the stuff that Jericho does stuff does start well, and then it just keeps going until we're all sick of it. And it's like, all right, just move on. Uh, uh, so, oh, you're not looking forward to Full Gear where it's CM Punk and FTR versus Jericho and 2.0? Zero percent. Awful. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible what they've done to me. I, I don't want it. I, I don't want it. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't want it to be stuck in this in this match for the rest of the year, um, which I don't think it will be. I'm, of course, exaggerating, but uh, that could be good. I just uh, when you think like first matchups for him to come back to Jericho isn't the one that popped out to me like, yeah, let's get this one like uh, but it can't be good. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, 
Props to Daniel Garcia, though. I know that that's somebody he he's enjoyed working with, and it's been a big deal to work with CM Punk. So mm-hmm. um, that'll probably happen again. Yeah, yeah, but, that's great. Uh, I guess just for the most part, Jericho <laughs> Vortex, man. You know he was gonna get his shit off. Oh, Punk's coming back. Yeah, I'll fight him. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jericho. Uh, so yeah, that's. But again. It's a real rivalry. It's personal. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, you know, the old Jerry Jarrett saying, uh, personal issues draw money. And this is going to draw money just off the fact that people are invested in the idea that these two really don't like each other. So, we'll see. there are things to do here. Uh, we got this one from Black Phoenix Brand. It says... Happy Grapser Day, fellas. What exactly is the purpose of Battle of the Belts in its current form? I thought it would be like Clash of the Champions, a Saturday night's main event, but it's just an occasional second hour of Rampage with random inconsequential matches. I think they thought so too, but I think that ultimately what we got to start chalking things up to is that AEW on TNT, while uh, initially a great idea, hasn't really worked out in AEW's favor. And I say that because I think it it was initially like, look, we are on the flagship cable station of Warner Media. This is a great place to be. But um how do I put this? I think from the moment TNT picked up NHL, it was like kind mm-hmm. of a wrap. It right. was like, well, you know, TNT is really going to focus itself on being a sports brand and being that sports brand. Uh, it has kind of pushed AEW out in ways where like they lucked out that luckily there was another network in TBS because every look at rampage this week, rampage somehow, uh, in its preemption, it got moved out of its time slot, but it almost kind of worked out. I think ratings-wise, it'll probably end up working out where it came on earlier than mm-hmm. usual due to the NBA playoffs. Next week, Rampage is going to be on Saturday. Uh, two weeks ago, it was on Saturday, and Dynamite used to get bumped all around. Uh, they've had Tuesday night Dynamites. They've had to do it on Saturdays. They've had to do it every which way, and I think that while ideally TNT is the network to be on, just ultimately, there's no permanent home um, as far as TNT is concerned. And I think as far as cla- or, um, doing the four TNT specials was concerned and doing Battle of the Belts, I think there were ideas behind it that they wanted to go with that just haven't worked out the way that they wanted. And I think that's probably uh, why, because I see people saying, you know, why do they need another Saturday show? Just like emphasize Rampage. I think ultimately they feel like, they whatever they do next has to be a part of the TBS brand. It has to be something right. that they can consistently count on as a show that will have a permanent time slot more often than not. I think Dynamite got preempted what once last year, uh, which I think, all things considered, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when you think about how how many times Dynamite got preempted on TNT in twenty twenty one, how many times it got preempted on T, uh, TNT in twenty twenty having to not be or having a permanent slot on TBS, I think has worked out a whole lot better. And I know that that's what this is talked about, that this show is going to air on TBS, not on TNT. Um, which like, ideally I would like to see six Oh five on the Superstation, but that's probably not what's going to happen. I think it's just going to be a standard primetime show. 
I guess well, we'll we'll see how it works out. But yeah, they're they're going to announce it at the Warner upfront. So, um, so this is going to be live every single week. I don't know that, mm. uh, but I think I think people are drowning at these in in content at these dynamite tapings as of late. Yeah. you can't throw another two hour show on them where you're like, hey guys, stick around. We've got Ring of Honor taping. No. We've got AEW Dark Elevation. We've got uh hey do you guys love rampage because we got that too and on top of that you're gonna get aew collision you're gonna get every single thing that we as a company offer uh and it's all gonna happen on this one taping no you can't do that Mm -mm. uh it can't happen anymore that's a lot do do you think that they are oversaturating the market a little bit and trying to sell tickets because you're going to be selling tickets now to saturday events and Wednesday events and pay-per-views. Do you think that's going to hurt their ticket sales in any way? Uh, uh, I think it could hurt the Wednesdays for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I think Saturdays is actually an ideal night to go out. To go out uh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that that is – people love those. There's a reason why Friday Night SmackDown has done so well on Fridays. And it's it's Fridays. Like, I know like when they, we had a – the shows here a couple weeks ago at the Cow Palace, and there was Dynamite on Wednesday and Rampage on Friday. More people came to the Rampage show because it was on Friday. So, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a thing that happens that people like the the weekend shows a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know what the strategy is there, and mm. I guess we'll see. That that's that's the bottom line on that is. I'd be curious to see how it works out. Now, I think, are they oversaturating their market in general? That's a good question. That is a good you question. You got AEW Dark Elevation on Mondays, AEW Dark on Tuesdays, AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays, Ring of Honor on Thursdays, AEW Rampage on Fridays, AEW Collision on Saturdays, and then you got pay-per-views on Sundays. There will literally be weeks where there is seven days worth of AEW content. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And they did it in four years, like four years in. And it's just like, actually, we have a show every day of the week. Interesting. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of them shows that people aren't going to watch. I mean, Dark and Elevation are, you know, yeah, hardcores. Yes. And even so. still, I haven't watched either of those in a while. And yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot of content lately. Although I tweeted this and people were wondering what the story was. And I said I'd tell them on Grapsity. Uh, so this was an interesting week for me in professional wrestling because, uh, my son got in trouble Mm. and my wife decided that his punishment was going to be no wrestling for the week. Mm. And I'm like, babe, I have to watch this stuff. And, Mm. (laughs) uh, and she goes, well, find a way to watch it. Cause I don't, not on the TV this week. Billy can't watch. And it was a fitting punishment. This wasn't one of those, like, just pick his favorite thing because you pick Mm -hmm. his favorite thing. It was literally one of those. Yeah, he like did a move on somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and got in trouble. Been there, and so oh, I know. That's why I posted mm-hmm. the "Don't try this at home" graphic, mm-hmm. and uh, I've we we had to sit down and have a talk about you can't just be doing moves to people, especially ones who like aren't wrestling with you. Yeah, um, like if you guys are playing, that's one thing, but uh, if they're not playing, don't do that. 
Um, wow. And like we were all eight year old boys. It's it's a thing. totally. But yeah, yeah so. Billy was standing around the corner waiting for somebody to come around the corner to super kick him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Billy wilding. <laughs> Either way, a table. <laughs> Either way, you know. At least he doesn't have to deal with suck it. We had suck it. We were getting suspended all the time. So you know. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, they. You got scissor me. That. Oh uh, yeah. Just as bad now, nah, but yeah, he. Uh, points were made. But nah, he can't. So it was just, uh, today. It's officially up. Uh, he was able to watch Rampage last night, um, and it was Rampage and SmackDown. He was able to watch, so it's officially up now. But for that week, I was like, Corey, why'd you take the why'd you do the week? Um, but so I had to like watch wrestling either in secret or not at all. Uh, <laughs> Watching wrestling in secret is crazy. Um, where Billy's like, What's going on on Dynamite? I'm looking at my phone, like, you don't get to know. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> my guy. I'm like, Oh, snap, Jeff Hardy's back. Who's back? Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Damn, he missed Jeff. Dang, he did miss Jeff. I forgot Damn. about that. Uh, yeah, no, he missed he missed a bunch. He missed all of Raw. And No, that's uh, okay though. <laughs> Raw was good this week. Raw was yeah. actually very, very good this yeah, week. Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was all right. I don't I don't know if I would say really good. I thought it was pretty good. I liked yeah. Raw this week. I thought especially considering how awful Raw was the week before. And like uh, I, I thought this was like a nice little rubber band effect where they felt like they had something to prove where it went so badly in this direction that when you let it go, it went in this direction. Um, and I, I thought it was good. I liked Cody's promo was very, very good. Um, if there's one person who can take a shitty situation and, uh, make it interesting, it was Cody Rhodes. I still stand by the fact that everything you're doing here with Cody and Brock would have been for the titles it would have been better with the titles i don't get it everything because everything makes more sense especially considering like brock turning heel i said this last week but the idea that brock has been locked out of the title picture because of the stipulation that if he couldn't beat roman he'd never challenge roman again but cody's got the belt now so i'm gonna challenge him like Mm -hmm. that would have been the perfect reason to attack him the next night everything could have happened the exact same way with the titles in place um and Especially because this is reportedly going to be the main event of Backlash. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a main event match. The championship isn't going to be on that show. So, yeah. I still believe even the promo Cuddy, or Cuddy, Cody cut uh, would have been, could have worked with the titles. Everything here would have been better with the championships. And you would have had championships on the show, but fine. Uh, either way, yeah. I thought it was oh. a good promo go figure maybe you should have put the title on somebody that was going to be there the next week and <laughs> who would have thunk it not not leave the title on somebody that's not going to be around and that whole report that's going around that yeah of course you know they're changing the name of uh the saudi show to night of champions uh-huh. and that's the night that roman will hit a thousand days and it's like listen i don't care i want this guy to drop the belts i have no interest in this title reign anymore <laughs> It's cooked. Like not him getting his coronation in Saudi. That's crazy with the big fireworks and everything. Listen, Mm. it's it's a little nasty. It's a little yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little nasty. Uh, but yeah, I I knew that Queen of the Ring shit wasn't gonna fly in Saudi, dude. Come on, you guys. Are are they still doing a tournament at all? Have they made an announcement? 
No, they haven't made any announcements as far as what that's going to be. But no, I thought Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor was good on Raw. I liked, um, uh, I'd like the Trish heel turn. I think that I'm, I'm always excited about Trish as a heel because I think that Trish ha- has always been better at playing a heel than anything she's ever done. And I don't think she's ever gotten enough time at it. Like, you know, she turned heel in 2004 and then won the women's title off of Victoria. What was that? A Bad Blood, I want to say, 2003. And, uh, and okay, I, I act like I didn't know that. Look, I know Trisha's career. Yeah, like, yeah, come on. Um, uh, but she got to have that heel run feuding Christy Hemi and, uh, and Lita, all the stuff she got to do, main eventing Raw as a heel. And then, of course, she got hurt at the beginning of, or what, right after like Backlash 05 and was off TV till that fall and came back as a babyface. So, really, she's only gotten to have like a dominant heel run. You know, she came in as a heel, obviously. But I feel like, as far as when she became, you know, a, a worker, mm-hmm. she only got to have that run from 04 to 05, like a year as a heel. And some would say that was her best work. Yeah. And so. When she turned, and like everybody saw that coming, I think it was a thing that uh, it's been reported for a while that Becky wanted to face Trish, that Trish wanted to face Becky. As soon yeah. as Lita got attacked backstage, I saw Phil's tweet that was like, "Hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's Trish." It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and she's been talking about wanting to work heel again as well. Um, I know she said that on uh, "Ring the Bell." I know she said that in other outlets. So figured it was coming. Um, it is funny the way they decided to do it because now you've you've crowned two champions that didn't really beat the champions. Um, <laughs> you beat a stand-in and Becky, so we we don't have to we don't have to harbor on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think the way that they did the turn at the end and paced it out where Trish is going to come back is interesting. Um, it sounds like the match is still at SummerSlam, so I'm wondering how are they going to be able to pad out months of storylines with that. But we'll see. Luckily, SummerSlam's it's still in July this year, right? It's not an August show anymore. Um, I think it's in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. at least it's not as long. Uh, but let's see. I just want to be certain of the date. Oh, no, it's August 5th, so it's the first mm. week of... Um, so, so we still have four time. months. Yeah, yeah, they got some time. Um, we'll see what they do. Either way, Trish has turned heel, and I'm really excited Let's about get to Trish. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at least it's she looks great. They, they did a storyline with the tag titles for a minute. Like, hopefully, it leads somewhere else interesting for Liv and Raquel. Um, Not, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, and look, as as much as I am uh, fairly positive on uh, Raw as a show. I am still fairly down on the women's tag titles. Mm-hmm. I think they're a like. Can you believe Raquel Rodriguez is a two-time women's tag team champion? Unreal. <laughs> Three, if you count NXT. Wow. Oh, that too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but as far as just these belts are concerned, she held the belts with Aaliyah last year. Oh God. So is it four if you count NXT? Maybe four. Uh, either way, my my point here is just that these Don't belts have had exactly 
one real tag team has held these belts. Two, two, I'd say. Two real tag teams have held those belts. And that, and when I say real tag teams, folks, I'm referring to a team that is not made up of two singles performers. And that's the Iconics uh, was the one. And then I guess you can kind of say Bailey and Sasha because they had so much history together. But even still, they more functioned as singles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the only other team that at least had like a single entrance as tag team champions was the Kabuki Warriors. They were great. Yeah, um, that was. I, this was... I, I would count Sasha and Bailey because they essentially built a division off their backs, and I yeah. feel like they, for better or worse, had maybe the best run with those belts in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would count them as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think um, Alexa and Nikki ended up being as close to a tag team as you can get. Like they at least had decent runs with the belts. I guess just. Again, I'm I'm always of the belief that a title should uh, should facilitate the, or at least the commissioning of a championship should come about via the need to crown the best of a thriving division. So when you have tag teams where you have enough tag teams to where okay, we need to crown the best of what we have here. That's where you introduce a championship. But you don't introduce a championship to then say, all right, now form some tag teams, which right. is what they did. Mm-hmm. And none of the tag teams have lasted. They all have broken up within a matter of, of within, a, within a short matter of time. I'm trying to look at, I, I just pulled up the history of the tag team titles to think about which of these teams are not together anymore. Boston Hug Connection, not together anymore. The Iconics, not in a WWE anymore. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, not together. Kabuki Warriors, of course, not. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I forgot that they were tag team champions. Uh, and Asuka yeah, and Charlotte Flair that. were tag team champions. Why is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, Natalia and Tamina. Carmella and Zelina Vega. Aaliyah Raquel Rodriguez. Wow. Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Asuka's had three partners with those belts. Uh, Oscar very poorly. That's a joke. They have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think the main issue with those belts, and I've been saying this for a minute, is that um, there aren't any teams that have made it their sole goal to be tag team champions. Right. There are no teams that just kind of stay in that division and become the fixture of the division. Um, It always feels like, hey, these are two guys that have nobody, nothing else going, so let's put them together and make them a tag team. Or, Mm -hmm. hey, here are two singles wrestlers that we don't have anything else for. Let's kind of just make them a tag team and give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that it devalues what the belts are. I think if, if you have a team that's made it their motivation to be tag champions and elevate the division and actually have rivalries for the belts, right. then it would go somewhere. And that just hasn't happened. People have yeah. been trying to say that Shayna and Ronda play a part in why this, uh, this Raquel and Liv thing is happening. And so... I guess that's a little bit of bell for them, but not really. I, I definitely think that Ronda and Shayna would be the next tag champions. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I think that that's where this is leading. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very interesting how far the Becky and Ronda stuff has dropped off of wow. anybody's registry. Like, you don't mm-hmm. want to do it as a singles match. You don't want to do it as a tag match either. So it's like, 
we're just not getting this matchup at all at this point. It's over. Ship has sailed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, you know what else I liked, by the way, on Raw? Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley. I said that I if like you that. didn't have something for Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed was a good WrestleMania pick for him. That it would get Bronson. Match. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, Bronson would be a good, uh, that would be a good debut for him. And at the same time, it gives Bobby a challenge. And uh, I tweeted that. I tweeted that, look, if Bray Wyatt's not going to work out, uh, then your best bet for Bobby Lashley, because I saw people saying LA Knight, and I was like, uh, and it's funny because I'm thinking Bronson Reed. My brain wanted to say L.A. Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but Bronson Reed was, I thought, a good pick for Bobby. And sure enough, they fought 10 minutes on di- on Raw. And I was like, this was good. This two worked yeah. well together. Do this. Keep going with this. But this should have been WrestleMania. Yeah. Something feel- for Bobby Lashley to do. Yeah, I thought it was very good. I still think it's a shame that they didn't do anything with Bobby at WrestleMania. Um, you can't say they didn't do anything. He stood there with a statue. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything with him. It was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was a, it was a complete waste of our time. Did you guys in the crowd feel like something was about to happen with him when his music hit? No. I I, <laughs> I, I knew. I was standing next to people that were like, oh, he's going to come down to the ring. And I was just sitting there like, don't believe it. No, you going to stay right there. Well, and Sean had he reported came out street that street close. I, yeah. I knew it. Sean reported that they brought the uh, the trophy to WrestleMania, and I thought maybe something was going to happen with it. Maybe there was going to be an angle, anything. I didn't think that they brought it to WrestleMania to just stand him on the stage and pose. Yeah, he had to carry the, the trophy out there himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad yeah. out here. It, it 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 was very awkward. But yeah, that fight on Monday was tight. I actually saw that match. I liked the brawl afterwards, even though Bronson was dying, as we could see. Uh, but yeah, big fight. I'm glad. I hope they continue this. Yeah. Either way, I just I liked Raw a lot, and uh, I think it was a definite improvement over the week before. Raw. I need to retract a statement too. I made a couple of bad statements about Don Callis and him working. I saw the video of his cut. cut. And, oh my god. That's Night, real. You can't. No way yeah. he had. No way he did that to himself. Like I thought he did because he's a worker. That shit was. No, nasty. we knew that. That, that. that was reported. That he. I don't believe. I don't believe reports. <laughs> watch it. No, you could. You could see what what how mean? heavily he was bleeding. That it was. Yeah. No, that was crazy. Not, yeah. And, and no, that was them, nasty. Them putting that at the beginning of that clip this week, I was like. I don't need to see this again. This is nightmare <laughs> inducing. Please stop Straight showing up. <laughs> yeah. No, that shit was nasty. But. You give uh, Kenny Omega a reason to feel the way he feels and uh, and to want to go after whoever he needs to go after. And uh, finishing up the Trish and Lita thing, or Trish and Becky thing, where's Lita? Is she just gone? Are they going to forget about her or are they going to bring her back? I mean, she was jumped backstage by somebody. and uh, You know how they do with those sometimes, though. They just I mean, might but, never say who jumped her. I mean, it's probably <laughs> Trish who did so. Uh, which is a shame because I mean I don't know how you play that up. Yeah, you could do whatever you want with that, but uh, you know they're longtime BFFs, Team mm. Bestie. I have a picture with the two of them, and uh, it's that's uh, Trish and Lita. Yeah, but also they're longtime rivals. They are going back to weren't they in the first bra and panties match? Wasn't that the wasn't that Trish versus Lita? 
Uh, I don't know if they mentioned Brian Panties in WWE history anymore. Probably yeah. not. But <laughs> I don't think they bring that up anymore. Um, now I have to look that up to be certain. Uh, I say that as if I'm not certain. But uh, hold on, I could be wrong. I'm I don't back. log any Brian Panty matches. I can't bring them back up. Like it's over. Yeah, uh, such a weird time we used to exist in. We'd just be a random Monday Night Raw, and they're like, Candice Michelle and fucking uh, Tori yeah, are in a, a Braun Panties match tonight. Not like, only, eh. not only did I have it right. This was three days before my thirteenth birthday, so of course I would remember oh, this. Wow, uh, <laughs> Lita Your defeated ass was horny. No, definitely, <laughs> straight up. See, I was there too, man. Lita okay. defeated Trish Stratus in a Braun Panties match. That was on Three. Raw? Yes, it was on Raw. Mm. Uh, that mm. was actually the how, if I remember correctly, that's how uh, Ivory joined Right to Censor. Because mm. after the match was over, Ivory comes out and declares this a travesty. Yeah. And uh, and she's in her librarian get up, and it was, that was it. Brawn panties. Brian panties, baby. All right, Tony P says, uh, the outcast story with its lack of movement. Are they waiting for somebody, someone slash something, or do Tony have no idea where to go next? I'm glad to see the Jade and Taya story moving, though. Uh, and let me make sure there wasn't any more to that statement because my Humper Chat's all just reloaded. Um, oh, yeah. He says, funny also how Tony ratted out Billy uh, when she's been saying she wasn't signed. I mean, keep in mind that there's tiers to deals. So, like, you know, Tony Schiavone, of course, said that Billy Starks is signed, and that's what he's referring to. Um, and Billy Starks is saying she's not. But, you know, there's there's levels to deals in AEW. Um, there's the full-time deal. That's the you mm -hmm. get the all-elite graphic. But then there's that kind of first-option deal where, um, you know, you continue to work indies, but AEW can um, basically use you at any point. And, uh, you know, that was a deal like Sky Blue was under that for the longest time. Now she's under a full time all elite mm -hmm. deal. Uh, but those it, it all depends. Um, I mean, I, Billy canceled one of her bookings to go to AEW. So, right. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of known. Yeah. But yeah, that's not to say that she's, you know, fully all elite at the moment. Right. Um, yeah. On the outcast thing. Um... It almost feels like this is the same issue they were having with the damage control and Bianca stuff where they kept dragging it on till they could get to the War Games match. Um, mm -hmm. And it almost feels like they keep dragging this on, dragging this on till either somebody else joins the homegrowns or they're ready to do the Blood and Guts match. Maybe I'm misreading it, but mm -hmm. it does seem like we see the same formula every week. Somebody yep. gets attacked, then there's, the, then there's the baby faces coming out, and then there's a stare down. Cut to next scene. It does it. It's it's every week, and I mean, it's it almost the same exact wrestlers every exact time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I almost this week I was like, please for the love of God, if this is another match where Sky Blue gets pinned and then they go to spray paint him afterwards, and then Jamie Hader and Britt Baker run down, mm. I'm gonna blow my brains out. And then they sure enough, it. they did it in that exact fashion. Do something else. Yes, please. Yeah. And we've I mean, seen it. We've seen this. Do anything else. Yeah, and I don't dislike the Outcast. I think the Outcast is fine. I, did, I think it's I, been better with Ruby for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just think that, uh, and I do think it's been better with having somebody like Riho out there for them to be against. But you just got to move forward with this thing, and that's why I'm like, is it blood and guts that they're waiting for? Is that what it is? What am I missing? 
I have no idea. They got to get to it though. We like this is ridiculous. We need some kind of something to at least tell us what we're building towards instead of just like keep doing these matches every week in different pairings and stuff. It's getting kind of muddied, you guys. Let's get to it. Yeah. Do something else. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Pain. Um, and let's see. So that that's my feeling on that. I know a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. And yeah. I know there's a lot of negativity towards the outcast as well. There's yeah. a lot of people uh-huh. that are just not liking the act. Um, and it's understandable because I don't feel like they've done anything of note yet. I feel like they kind of come out and say the same things, do the spray paint joint, and that's kind of it. Um, Speaking like- of um, these outcasts, AEW All Access, I see, has been changing the perception on a certain wrestler by the name of Britt Baker. I see a lot of people saying that this show has made her look awful and she just looks like a worse workplace Karen for most of it. And I'm like, ah. all the episodes I've watched, I'm like, she's kind of hating the whole time. The whole time she's just like, I'm the best and all you guys suck. And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm then Britt the Thunder Rosa shit that came out this week where she was like, no, I wasn't trying to do anything that Britt Baker's putting on me. I was trying to be, you know, go along with the with the company and my boss, she loves saying that. My boss told me that I should keep this belt. And so <laughs> she what do you guys say think? that often. <laughs> that is that is funny. Thunder Rosa does kind of go, Well, my boss told me. Mm-hmm. It's like we know so, who your boss is. Um, I I think that this stuff has been very messy for a long time with Brit and Thunder Rosa. Um I I feel like they've kind of got to rein it in. Um, yeah, I, I've I've heard I I saw some of what Thunder Rosa said on Busted Open, and I don't know I don't know what to believe. I I don't think that it was a good idea uh, to make people think that she wasn't hurt at one point. And not to right. say that 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 was only Britt doing that, but it did seem like there were a lot of people that were making it seem like oh well is she hurt or could she have came and dropped that title and it's like mm-hmm. well you know if she's hurt she's hurt like i don't think we should be putting that out there and yeah. by all accounts it seems like he's really injured so yeah exactly she still ain't back and she's still there's not even a timetable for her to come back yeah so um you know i i i don't really think this has helped anybody involved um i think it's i think it's just been really messy i think people it's kind of the same with some of the other backstage uh, drama that's been going on with AEW. I think people just need to move on at this point. Right. I agree. Um, although I was getting a laugh out of a little something that uh, <laughs> that happened in the um, on All Out or not on All All Access, mm-hmm. where they have the scene with Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker. And uh, Tony pulls it up on his phone that uh, about Tony Khan giving an ultimatum uh, to Thunder Rosa. And did you guys see that scene? I don't. Think I, I haven't seen any of all this. <laughs> so it's on this week's episode. But mm-hmm. there's a scene where they're sitting at the table having lunch, and Tony Schiavone's like, "Did you see where Tony Khan uh, asked, uh, or where Tony Khan said that?" Um, he's giving a bit of an ultimatum to Thunder Rosa over relinquishing the title. And I thought about that. I had to look it up to be certain. But I was like, wait, was that the response to my question at the media call? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're talking about? 
<laughs> so I wow. looked it up. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure I asked on the media call uh, what you're going to do about interim champion Thunder Rosa for the full gear media call. It's like, like 90% sure that was my question. And I looked it up, <laughs> and that's exactly what they're talking about there. So, again, your boys driving content. Aha. <laughs> Send the checks, big dog. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel bad for everybody involved. I, I, yeah. I, I don't think that the Brit stuff is translated to live audiences, though, because if you could say totally. anything about the Outcast uh, segment this week, there was a lot of anticipation for Brit to come out. Those DMD yeah, were, yep. were loud. Yep. And so I, I, I think Brit Pittsburgh next week is going to be super lit for her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't think that it's hurt her um, her popularity with fans at shows. Yeah. And there's clearly still some kind of interest in this storyline. They just got to move it forward. Yeah. yeah. Like people want it moves. and they just keep giving them the same shit. And they're like, well, we want you to finish this shit. Yeah. yeah I hope it moves forward a bit this week. Um, I, I'll say because uh, I have watched all three episodes of All Access so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. It's a good show. I still think it's in the wrong spot. I still think that it would be better as a uh, as a standalone reality show to kind of give people more insight into pro wrestling. I don't think yeah. it belongs after Dynamite. Mm-hmm. It almost takes you out of it to go, all right, you were just watching this show. Now you're going to see Sammy Guevara as kind of an endearing individual yeah. who is just living his dreams after I just watched the show where he's a cocky, arrogant asshole. And because uh, like they showed um, episode two centered around Brian having the match mm-hmm. with Sammy Guevara and the two out of three falls match. And just, you know, you see Sammy crying like uh, th- this week, Sammy cried after um, he's like, I can't believe I was just in a triple threat match with Claudio Castagnoli, Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson, like two of the great or three of the greatest of all time three guys who I looked up to and all of a sudden I'm in a triple or I'm in a four-way match with these guys over the Ring of Honor title like it doesn't get any better than that and uh, they really focused on um, on full gear this week and uh, Matt Jackson talking about his imposter syndrome and how like you know he really had some anxiety over the fact that like what if the fans when we come out what if they're not on our side? You know, what if they don't care about us anymore? What if they don't want us back? You know, what if they view us a certain way now? And uh, he, they did all the anticipation up to it because they were filming the entire time they were back, not just full gear, which was the first time we saw them on screen. But no, if you guys haven't seen it, it's it's a good peek behind the uh, behind the curtain. Some of the stuff is like. Uh, this didn't get resolved, so this yeah. isn't. It's not like a good look. Uh, you know, there's a whole story of Ty Mello feeling like pairing herself with Sammy derailed her career. That she was on every pay per view up until she was paired with Sammy on screen, and all of a sudden now she doesn't get singles matches anymore. She doesn't get any of that stuff. And you know, there's her. There's a scene of her going to the Young Bucks and pitching some creative to them. Uh, about like hey maybe i could get back on screen this way you know maybe this could help me become a solo uh, act again and that was back in november that, that was all filmed <laughs> and none of that solo star. uh none of that's been resolved since so i can't imagine she feels a whole lot better since that aired or since that was taped right she probably feels worse seeing it and being like damn i'm still in the same position maybe even worse 
Yeah. Ugh. I hadn't even thought about that, by the way, that uh, she had been on every pay-per-view that mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yes, that's right. She did wrestle at uh, what she had full gear last year against um, or full gear 2021. She faced Britt Baker. Revolution 2022, she faced Jade Cargill. Uh, Double or Nothing 2023, she was in the mixed tag match with um, uh, with Paige Van Zant, and then after that, she stopped getting on the shows. Yeah, um, I mean, she had a really good babyface run going at that point, mm-hmm. um, and the Sammy stuff did halt it. And that's not to say like it's his fault, but it just is kind of a unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I said, it, it's one of those shows that um, did a good or does a decent job at taking kind of the stuff that we hear about behind the scenes and then just kind of like laying it out in front of us in a very reality TV show fashion. Like It's reality you, TV. Yeah, it's reality fun. TV. So mm-hmm. you, you're like, OK, this ain't how nobody's real conversation goes. <laughs> like, you know, they're trying their hardest to like talk for the cameras that eddie kingston and uh sammy conversation that they had <laughs> yeah. that was so scripted it's <laughs> like all right you guys eddie kingston doesn't care one bit no so eddie funny. kingston i i feel like eddie in that moment was like i don't give a fuck about these cameras but you could tell like sammy was in that mode of all right we're filming right now i want to mm-hmm. give a sincere apology to eddie kingston and make sure that you know are we good are we cool um so yeah, I don't know. I I would actually like to see some of the stuff we've heard about behind the scenes play out on on that show. But so far, so good. It's actually yeah. entertaining. I think it's it's like you said. I don't think they should. I think right now they're using the wrestling show to sell the reality show when they need to use the reality show to sell the wrestling show. Fuck yeah, that is a great way to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, we got uh more on the super chat front and i want to make sure that i don't miss any super chat so let's start reading these we got eloquent says uh peace y'all have y'all heard larry june alchemist album they went crazy i played that in la and it hit hard very hard dope album i mean alchemist is like 100 for 100 at this point and larry june is one of the bay area's finest so it was going to be hard for those guys to miss i like it a lot yeah i have to check it out i haven't heard it yet I haven't listened to it in full. I've heard bits and pieces of it. What I heard, it's pretty before. fire. He got Alchemist rapping, so he did. Yeah. All right, and that'll probably be one I listen to on today's workout. Oh, mm-hmm. it's cold today, though, man. I'm, it's, uh, it's warm here. It's very warm. It was warm all week. We had eighty degrees on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Then on Thursday or Wednesday it was like seventy-five. Even Thursday it was like seventy-six, and it snowed yesterday, and it snowed this morning. Snow. Damn. Yes. Welcome to Denver, baby. Yeah, she about um, to be outside, Phil. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. It's warm out. Might be uh, hanging. <laughs> I'm saying. Got basketball jumping off. It's lit. Speaking of basketball, Shy Town Spurs says uh, if Zach Levine didn't shoot like I do, we might have had a chance. Yeah, I like Levine a lot, man. I he had a really good game against uh, Toronto, but he started doing the hero ball thing this week, and yeah. I was like, Nah, you got to relax, bro. Mm-hmm. R- reel it in a little bit. You can't save this. It's a team yeah. effort, bro. It, it, especially because DeRozan was playing much better than him. I thought this week, this time around in a fourth, and I was like, yeah, we should have leaned on DeRozan more. Mm-hmm. 
Sheldon Jackson says, remember the Pelicans did it last year as a nine seed getting into the playoffs as the eight seed and took top seeded Suns to six games. They did. Um, you still not worried about those Phoenix Suns? <laughs> I'm worried about the Suns. Of course I am. But luckily, we don't have to see them right now. So I'm I'm okay. Yeah, uh, this is another thing where I'm a little bit... Uh, it, it just always feels like things kind of work out for LeBron James. And I feel like this <laughs> is a situation where a lot of the toughest competition has to play them play themselves. Like... Right. You got the the Kings have to play the Warriors so they can knock each other knock one one of those gets knocked out. Phoenix have to play the Clippers. Um so he doesn't have to play one two of those four teams. Right. Um he could easily make it to the Western Conference Finals if he gets past Memphis. If you mm. really think about it, he could. Uh, Memphis, you guys have a job to do. You man, guys were Memphis, called You got to get this done, man. I know yeah. Memphis uh, was called everything this season mm-hmm. um in terms of, you know, are they frauds whatever. All right, this is the time. This yeah. is the time to prove it. I feel like uh I feel like Denver's got to prove something this this post Denver does. Too. Yeah. I feel like well, they've they've uh, been the number 1 seed. They've been a They've been a team to look at for the last three years, and they haven't gotten it done in a big way. I feel like it's got to be finals or bust for them. Right. I don't think – like, Denver has shown that they haven't had the stamina for the for this, and um, and they've been playing recently like they don't have the stamina, and I, I have concerns about that, and I feel like uh, Mike Malone's been trying to manage it in a way where, like, he hasn't been playing Jokic much at all. He hasn't been playing Jamal Murray much, and I think it's because – this isn't a playoff-tested team, so let's not make them a playoff-tested team by mm-hmm. not playing them for the end of the postseason. I mean, not the end of the postseason, but going into the postseason. Like, the last 17 games where uh, Jokic wasn't putting up those numbers that he was putting up in the regular season. Nobody's putting up those numbers. And it was like, no, nah, I'm going to rest these guys until we get to playoff mode. And then playoff mode, we're going to try and do what we do. I just want to see a Nuggets make it. I mean, look, I've seen it all. I've seen the Nuggets make it to the Western Conference Finals, only to be eliminated by the Lakers both times. So it would be great for that not to fucking happen uh, this time around. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I I think at this point it's Finals of Us. They've been to the Conference Finals at this point. I feel like yes. they've got to they've got to push to make it to the Finals, um, especially to kind of dodge this uh, narrative about Jokic, is, which I think is kind of dumb, but it, it persists anyway. Uh, Sal Cruz says, Bulls are the most talented 10th place team in NBA history, LMAO. Uh, kind of. I, I think um, I got to give Pat Bev his credit because um, he really turned the team around after All-Star break because um, they were in shambles. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you could tell, like, his energy definitely changed the trajectory of the team. Well, we got to talk about one other topic on our list. Shout out RH for bringing it up. Shout out Phil for the nice piece about Seth and WWE. It was on point. Also, thanks to Grab City for being the highlight of my Saturday workday. Let's talk about it, Phil. Yes. This is Seth Rollins' problem. Get it into is. it. Um, it is interesting that I've sat on this podcast many times and told you guys that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And it seems like more people are coming aboard. And I think the thing that really changed it is the reaction he got at WrestleMania 
and they've done nothing with him for two mm-hmm. weeks now. Like yeah. he came out and w- it was supposed to cut a promo. That's the report. And then they cut his segment. There, there's that clip of him pretty clearly pissed, throwing a microphone down and walking out. And then this week they just did the vignette. He wasn't on TV at all. Oh. Um, and so I feel like there's clearly an issue here. I feel like he's, He's done everything they've asked of him. The guy has been a pretty big heel for him, them for the last two years. I mean, he's lost at WrestleMania for three years in a row until this match. Um, he's been putting guys over. He's helped with the U.S. title pitcher. No, he's at this point now in popularity where he should be moving back in the world title pitcher. And to be honest with you, I, I think like it's, it's time. I've, it's been four years since the whole fiend thing and that disaster I think it's time I think he's over enough to be a face again hmm. Hmm. interesting listen man I know you guys don't want to admit it, but I was right I, I, I know that we had this, this debate many times on this podcast but I was right it's okay to admit I was right <laughs> <laughs> look I mean I don't know what, what there is to be wrong or right about I guess this mm-hmm. stage. and I say that in the sense that I'm not um like this idea that I'm even like anti Seth Rollins is is false because I don't dislike Seth well, at all. Well, what? I'm not anti Seth. I think you've Dude. been pretty anti Seth on here. <laughs> Look, I don't believe Seth is the guy, but mm-hmm. that's not. The, but I don't believe a lot of guys are the guy. Um, and that's okay. Who did I compare Seth to? I compared Seth to the Undertaker, and I like Undertaker. I've said yeah, what I, I said like was that. <laughs> what I said though was that Undertaker is a legendary figure in professional wrestling history. Nobody would ever discount what Undertaker has contributed to the business and how much of a factor he's always been. But Undertaker was never the guy. Not at any point. There was always somebody bigger in Undertaker's orbit. Um, and that's what I compared Seth to. I think that I, I think Seth, Seth is closer to Macho Man. I think that he has had big moments. He's had a great career. But he's always been next to a guy that was considered the guy. And it wasn't him. Um and I feel like he hasn't had that that world title run like Macho Man had the second time around where he was really given the chance to be the top baby face. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's the last thing that he's really I want I don't want to say owed, but I feel like he's due at this point. I agree. I think and, he definitely needs a run I, with, I, the, I, with the strap. And I was I will say the thing that I'm specifically right about that it seemed like when we had this debate before you kept going, oh, well, Seth's just not my cup of tea. The thing that I was saying then is that he's very clearly frustrated with what they're doing with him. I feel like mm-hmm. that's been obvious. Um, and I and I made this point when the Cormier thing came out, like, all right, this is everything I've been saying. I'm right about this. And I got mm-hmm. no sold again. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't want to make this my victory lap, but I was <laughs> right. I was right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the chat right now that's like, Will, there's video evidence. Yeah. You are anti-Seth. I mean, mm-hmm. all right, there's a difference between being anti-somebody and not liking somebody. Like, I am anti-Miz, all right? I, I do not want to see Miz segments on my TV. I think that Miz is up there. At, nope, I'm not even going to make that statement. That's that's aggressive. But um, I think that Miz is... going to be right. <laughs> I don't think The Miz is good. Um, whereas I think Seth Rollins is good. He's not for me. Um, and that's not to say he hasn't always been for me. Are you kidding me? I thought Monday Night Rollins was 
just a phenomenal run for him. I think 2017, 2018 Seth Rollins was, I thought he was killing it. Um, I don't necessarily like the current character, um, but I don't know. He doesn't necessarily feel like a main event level guy to me as in this character. But that's not to say that I don't think that Seth Rollins, the performer, isn't that. I just don't like the character. Um, I I think the big part about this as well is that uh, as long as Rollins has been there, you could make a case that he's always been over for things that he's been linked to, whether it be Shield, mm-hmm. whether it be you know him getting over as just an in-ring worker. I feel like this is the first time that he's been kind of over naturally as a character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm off in that. And, and I saw people going, well, it's just, the, it's just the theme song. No, the theme song is over because of him. Right. <laughs> it's not over because, like, people just love this theme song. No, it's him. It's okay. Him. So I mean, that, that's the same argument people made against Brian when they were like, is Brian over or is yes over? Like, does it matter? Because he's... It's um, they're, over. They're, it they're linked. Matter. They're linked yeah. together. So that's not necessarily a thing that uh matters one or the other i hate that argument it's like the outcast argument of like well well big boy blah 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 if andre wasn't there but andre was there dude so what do you want to do yeah and big boy is no slouch i hate when people now play him as a rapper do you think uh seth rollins will ever be that guy from here on out is there a chance should he accept his position or keep fighting for nothing um i I think it's a very interesting situation because I think WWE, the era of WWE that we've been in for the last few years or so, is kind of coming to an end if you really think about it. Because yeah. we're now in a place where Roman is a part timer. Um, it kind of feels like New Day's wrapping it up. Yep. It kind of feels like the Horsewomen are not the top fixture in the women's division anymore. It just everything is shifting, and so. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a vacuum for him to step into that part, into that uh, position. But then Cody came. And then right. on top of it, they're bringing in all these influencers. They're changing what what is a superstar now. And so, You know who that comparison kind of fits then? If there really is a comparison. And I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't know if Roman's ever going to step away. Hunter. Hunter only ever got to be the guy when there finally wasn't a rock and austin around and then he got to be the guy for a minute and then cena came around and it was like well now he's not the guy anymore um because now there's john cena here um and but at least hunter got to have that whereas the guys who have been in front of seth haven't necessarily stepped away um but it kind of sucks that the only way that can happen is if they do yeah uh, I, I think it's going to be hard at this point if there aren't two champions to move him past Cody because Cody is very clearly mm-hmm. the guy that they want to be the face of the company, even yeah. though he lost at WrestleMania. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be seen as the guy, but I do think that they can give him a world title run in the meantime that is better than his last world title run. Yeah, I can't believe his last world title run is still the fiend in the big spooky red cage like that. Well, I man, the thing that's funny about that is that I watched this guy uh, after people with all of the company stuff he was doing on Twitter 
and how people were dead set against him going into Brock, the Brock match at SummerSlam. I watched him make people believe that night. It was one of the mm-hmm. most amazing things I've ever seen. Watching him turn that crowd was one of the coolest things he's ever done. And mm-hmm. I don't think he gets the credit for that. I don't think he gets the credit for the AJ match during that run, which was also awesome. I, it's just everybody thinks, thinks that that reign is just a Fiend match, but that isn't his fault. <laughs> Um, I want to bring up something. This one's not a super chat, but um, somebody in the chat had said that, uh, where is it? They need to give the the store greeter said they need to give the keys to LA Knight. He is so money and they don't even know it. Um, that is a false statement that they don't know it. Um, and that's because they, uh, WWE is a lot more aware than people think mm-hmm. uh, that they actually have um a lot of software analytics uh in which they're able to track uh trending wrestlers and know what people are talking about in real time across all social media platforms uh and they are very well aware of la Knight's popularity at the moment they are very well aware of that um and it's one of those cases where the reaction that you're giving. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids. And he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger. Her body looks leaner, has energy all day. And Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. LA Knight, which is your frustration and venting your frustrations at him being on TV and then losing um, is a little bit by design. And and that you're supposed to come around to this when he does have his moment. Mm. Yeah. What's his moment? 
yeah. I don't know. I didn't believe that at first with the Fiend stuff. Well, not the Fiend, the Bray stuff. Um, but I've watched this guy get more and more over every week. The reaction to him is getting louder and louder every week. So I do think he's going to have a moment this year. Um, it's just a matter of time. I do think it's weird that he's losing so much, but I do think that there's going to be a turnaround to it. What's his moment? Winning the U.S. title? I mean, so the rumors, of course, that he's uh, he's the one in line to win money in the bank, which I will say yeah. is... Yeah, to cash in for the U.S. championship? Uh, probably. Uh, but... That's an improvement over what I was fearing, which was like oh, I had this oh. fear in my brain that uh, I pointed to my heart when I said brain, but mm-hmm. um, I had this fear that WWE was thinking that the solution to this Cody Rhodes thing was to give him money in the bank, and I thought, oh, no, no, that's not. Oh, that would idea. be the worst thing imaginable. That's terrible. Cody Rhodes won money in the bank, and that's how he won the title. That terrible. is the worst outcome they could possibly I thought you were going to say Logan Paul because I still think he could be the one to win oh, that fucking no, briefcase please. but again please the no. concern I have imagine is that... on uh, impulsive or whatever with the briefcase and please no with no. his brother <laughs> no. at the boxing match with the briefcase come on oh, Phil. God. No. I mean I I have a I mean I said this last year I think money in the bank is the worst thing WWE yeah. has I think that the worst thing that, mm-hmm. that's a bit of a stretch I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the worst thing I think the idea of title changes without matches is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like, it was cool with Edge. I said this last year. It was cool with Edge, right? Like, Edge stole the championship. He didn't have an actual match. He stole the championship. All right, fine. That's his character, the ultimate opportunist. But to have done that 20 something times now with yeah. even fucking baby faces, yeah. that shit stinks. Uh, there should not be title changes without a fight. There just shouldn't be. And, uh, I've hated the money in the bank for that. And yeah, the I, fact that I it's given me so many. I, I think there are ways that you can make it work. Like I said, I think there are baby face cash-ins that are fine. Um, it just depends on how they've done it. Like I said, I still think oh, Bailey's cash-in is still a good cash-in. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think baby face cash-in should only be, to me, comeuppance on a heel who's done it, right? Like I thought right. Edge getting cashed in on made sense. Uh, because it was like, oh, Edge has done this twice. Now CM Punk has just given Edge turnabout. That was cool, right? But like Daniel Bryan just running in and pinning uh, Big Show, who's on the ground, like that sucked. That I hated it, that shit. But it helped start the Yes Movement. But that wasn't intentional. That was the fans. But that's doing what I'm saying. This. That's what I'm saying. It, it, the Yes Movement wouldn't exist without that moment. Uh, but again, this is one of those. That represents how much money in the bank stinks, not um, how by design it can create cool things. Um, Because uh, I wouldn't mind money in the bank if the... If the rule, not the exception, was RVD. If when RVD picked... You know, I'm cashing in my money in the bank. I'm going to give you a fair match, but it's going to be on my turf. It's going to be in my backyard. Like, if you're doing just like a, I'm using the opportunity to still have a match, but it's going to be in my setting, I think that's cool, right? Like, I think if a hometown guy used his money in the bank to say, you're facing me, my hometown with my fans, like, that's cool. But if it's yeah. just another, like, oh, I'm just going to run down and pin somebody who's down. Like, we've seen it so many times. It's done. It's dead. I, I agree with you to a degree. But 
I also don't agree with a baby face being an idiot. And I don't agree with a baby face going, ha, ah, well, I have this money in the bank briefcase, so I'm only going to use it fair. No, I'm going to use it as a chance to win a championship. That's what I'm going to use it for. But, but that's why I said the RVD one is a good example because, fine, but at least the baby face set the table there, right? Like, that was how that went. RVD was like, you're going to face my fans. You're going to face them in my building. You're going to face them, like, we're going to do this on my night. That's how a baby face, to me, should do it. Um, yeah. They still set the table to be their moment, but it's not just like a, oh, I'm not yeah, actually I, wrestling. I, I just don't agree that, that good guys should always – do things the fair way or do things the way RVD did because I think that's one of the things that kind of annoys me about wrestling sometimes is that you make it so that anybody that is a good person can be outsmarted by anybody that doesn't have morals and that's just not true mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not true at all like you can be opportunistic and you can you can be strategic as a baby face yes sorry I just got a uh a message from a friend of mine. <laughs> Busy over there today, huh? No, this this is one of my friends who is just like, "Hey, can you talk my husband out of getting a Tesla?" Um, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not doing that. Maybe I will. If, I he, if you say Elon Musk out loud and he's still cool with it, you're never talking him out of it. Yikes! <laughs> Come on. Uh yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. We got you guys some... stay out of my Twitter mentions with this LA night shit. He's forty. I, I didn't L-A. say it's bad. Look, I didn't say the tweet doesn't say it's bad because he's forty. I'm saying he's forty, and that company doesn't like forty year olds. And people are making a what about Brock Lesnar? You mean the guy, the youngest, one of the youngest WWE champions ever? He's been there for twenty years. You can't say him. What about AJ no. Styles? You mean the wrestling legend that came at forty years old? Not the same. What about Bobby Lashley? Also been here for 20 years. You guys are giving me people that have been here for 20 years. I'm not even saying it's bad. I don't think LA Knight being an old person is bad. He's not. He's 40. I'm saying the company doesn't <laughs> like old person. Not me. So stop attacking me. Stop booing me. You know what I've been thinking about ever since <laughs> you posted that, that, though? I sex, sex pass. Do you remember the uh, – do you remember Tough Enough – uh, yes, the boogeyman. <laughs> oh boogeyman. my god, yes, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> How old are you? 30, 30, 40. He said, I am 30 years old. Marty, we're gonna try this again. What is your age? I am 30 years old. Let me see your ID, Marty. All right, I'm 40. How old are you? 30, 30, 40. It's <laughs> like I said, here's video evidence to say they don't like that shit. When they found out he was 40, they sent him home. They said you're no. They you hired him. Go. It made him the boogeyman. Well, yeah, he, he <laughs> eventually, eating worms and shit. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, uh, eventually, but yeah. Um, but the boogeyman was never going to be the goddamn guy. That's all yeah. I'm saying. L.A. Knight's never going to be the number one guy because he's 40, and that's not me being like ageism. That's just how the company works. They recruit at colleges. They're not looking for 40 year olds. No, I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, but I do. I, I do like LA Knight a lot. <laughs> I, I like do, him. I do think he's gonna have a moment this year. Uh, and you know, I knew, I saw when you tweeted that where it was going because I've told you many times, Twitter sucks. Twitter <laughs> doesn't care about the point you're making. They Twitter just wants to argue. Um, and I think yeah. most people, if they if they took a took a second to read your tweet well enough, they'd understand what it is you meant. But of course, nobody really cares. Nobody about cares about what. <laughs> oh, wait, like, wait, this wait, guy's yeah. being an agent. I'm like, that's not what oh, I'm doing. Lo- 
Let me talk about Twitter for a second. So, yeah, uh, yesterday Ibu had tweeted about, um, so there's a clip going around of John Cena versus uh, Claudio, and uh, Ibu had tweeted about, you know, John Cena being on a run in 2015. It was like that three-year run, like Cena was just killing it out there. And I said that, uh, I had said, yeah, if John Cena had in 2015 what he had in two, or if he had in 2005 what he showed in 2015, he would have never gotten booed. And uh, my mentions lit up after that. Uh, a lot of people agreed and saw what I was saying there. And there were a lot of people who were like, well, in 2005, why would he have needed to work the way he worked in 2015? The business changed. No, it didn't. That's revisionist history. That's a load of shit. Uh, and I will tell you why that's a load of shit, um, the people who, who said that. So I think people are misremembering why Cena got booed. There's always a different reason. People are like, oh, they, it's because they booked him like Superman. It's because he never lost. It was none of that. And I remember this at the time because I was podcasting about it at the time. And I still, to this day, those podcasts all exist. Cena, the, the entire Cena controversy all existed I had to cover it in real time where it was like, wow, did you hear the fans that week? Do you hear them chanting? You can't wrestle at John Cena. Like this is, this is not good. What happened? What had happened was Cena was a victim of the aftermath of 2004 in 2004. A couple of guys got pushed to the top of the company. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Mm -hmm. On top of that, Shawn Michaels had come out of retirement in 2002. He was wrestling some a bit of a part-time schedule in 03, but by the middle of 03, he was like full speed ahead. Shawn Michaels was back, high-level performer. On top of that, you had Kurt Angle, who was having some of... Uh, it, he was in wrestling machine mode. Um, and you had Triple H, who was tired of getting clowned on for being shit in the ring and decided that he was going to start showing people what he was made of. And Triple H started having these more cerebral technical style matches. And so across the board, across the top of WWE, you had high-level performers doing their thing as professional wrestlers. Wrestling good matches. Fans were starting to see a standard. Mm -hmm. WWE decided to push John Cena who wasn't giving those performances and in contrast like i think cena wrestling the way he did in 05 if you did that in i was gonna say 93 but brett was there you couldn't even do that then um but like 91 92 if he had been doing that there i think nobody would have noticed but the thing that a lot of fans were noticing was that john cena was not up to snuff of the other top guys in the company. He did not come off like Chris Jericho. He did not come off like Benoit, Eddie, Angle, Hunter, Shawn Michaels. He was not at their level mm -hmm. uh, as an in-ring performer. Fans noticed, and you started to hear boos for his performances. It didn't have anything to do with character yet. You were starting to hear it in his matches. He'd start throwing a punch, and you'd start hearing boos. Um, and it was like little things like that. Like the first match it truly happened in was Jericho versus Cena. With every bit of offense Cena threw, you started to hear boos until eventually people just started to hate him. Um, and it was like no matter what he did character-wise, like I remember there was one week he got booed on Raw. And so they sent him out there the next week to rap. And they were like, no, 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 no. The rap will win the fans back. 
and it was where he cut that rap. Like he he used all those lines um, where he threw the he did the D's nuts at. Um, uh, he said instead of spitting out apples, you should be choking on D's nuts at Carlito. That rap. They did that the week after he got booed in the ring, <laughs> and it was like they thought, okay, maybe if we put out the character stuff that people like about Cena, people will ignore the in-ring stuff. And it wasn't happening. It was like, no, it's actually getting worse and worse and worse. Actually, this stuff is corny. And then it started to pile up. But it started with his Mm in-ring. And the funny thing is, the in-ring stuff, I think, was fixed by like 06. I think that by 2006... Cena had lost a lot of like his clumsiness in the ring. Like, and Hunter would bring up that stuff. Hunter would bring it up in promos. Remember in the build up to WrestleMania 22, he'd be like, uh, I mean, you're so damn clumsy in the ring. Uh, you're uh, like, he said that. Uh, I re- there was the one time where um, Triple H had tripped John Cena up, and then Triple H or Cena brought that up in a promo, and he was like, Well, you know, is that, did I trip you, or are you just so damn uncoordinated that you just fell down? And, uh, Again, that was all stuff that Cena fixed pretty quickly. His uncoordinatedness like came around, but it was already a stain on him as a professional wrestler. <laughs> and then it was it was a, it was a complete stain. And then yeah, then the character stuff like started to pile on top, and then people saw him as corny. But it all started in ring. That was it. That was the beginning of Cena sucks. That's why they chanted, "You can't wrestle at him." Mm-hmm. That's why when he faced Shawn Michaels on that Halloween Raw, he got booed out of the building. Right. Um, and But then you're right, because in 2006, he had the RVD match. And then in 2007, everybody says that Umaga match is like the match. So oh, by then oh, he was already like off to the races. Yeah, 07. Are you kidding me? I think that's seen his best work year. I know people bring up the, the uh, U.S. title run from 2015, but like... 07, he had the main event with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. I still think that's their best match together. He had great matches with the great Kali. I think those two matches they had, uh, One Night Stand and I think it was Judgment Day, those are good matches. I actually like those. Uh, Bobby Lashley at Great American Bash. Um, Yeah, no, Cena was killing it in 07, the the two matches with Shawn Michaels. But by that point, it was already, like, popular to boo him, and it had already caught on. But, no, it started in ring. And there was a reason for anybody that said there was no reason for Cena to work like a worker in 05. Disagree. In a company that had Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero as top-level performers, yes, there was. The mm-hmm. fans had already attached to those guys. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't like when there are certain people that are like, there's no reason for the fans to turn on this guy. Look, sometimes fans can be very fickle. But sometimes fans see something that they want you to change, and instead of leaning against it, maybe you should kind of see what they're saying. I don't know. Right. Um, let's see. We've got more Super Chats, uh, and we're just going to keep going. Um, we're going to read the chats and do our thing. Anurag says, will we see Brian coming out to Final Countdown? I don't know. That's an expensive song, and mm-hmm. uh, I know he probably liked to. Um, I like the the orchestra theme that Mikey Ruckus put together that ha- was kind of a hybrid of Final Countdown and Flight of the Valkyries. Uh, I would like to see him maybe use that, but I know he likes Born for Greatness. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe like for a final thing where they just pay for it once, like many men, maybe. Right. Uh, 
ShotKid29 says, anyone else have issues with Brian and Dave's reporting on Punk? Not trying to downplay Punk's issues, but as someone who works in journalism, their reports slash speculation and complaining about criticism hasn't helped. Uh, yeah, I I think it's an interesting situation because uh, I think it does look like there's a timing issue where every time anything positive comes up comes about with punk or every time it seems like there's like progress here it does seem like that side comes back with oh well this got leaked to the to the observer and then melter drops something and it's just like oh okay um like prime example right before the instagram post came out we got that message board thing and that that mm-hmm. that wasn't intentional from melter to put that out but it did get out and then once it get out it, it makes it look like all right well melter is trying to um um, obstruct him from coming back and i don't think that's the case but i think it's just that the timing of it has looked very fishy and i but i do think that that's because there are clearly people that are how do i put this there are clearly people that are not the fondest of punk that are definitely. also friends with melter um right. you could definitely tell who he's talking to as opposed to who other people are talking to and i don't yeah. think that I don't think yeah. that means he's intentionally reporting things to sabotage Punk. I just think that's where he's getting his information from. He had to think that the message board thing was going to get out. Because I've seen people post Melter's message board stuff before. So, like, that can't, like, yeah, if you're but, reporting about this guy, we're going to find out about it. Yeah, so. but that, that kind of blew up more than anything I've ever seen from the message board. Yeah. Um, and that's partially because Punk, Punk. did the Instagram posts yeah. and caused it to blow up more. Um, but yeah, I'm not anti Brian and, and, and Melter. I do think that the timing has been kind of shitty and I don't think it helps when they come out and go, Oh, we didn't do anything. I don't know Mm -hmm. why anybody's upset with us. Why are you mad at me? (laughs) Like Brian this week having, having that meltdown was hilarious. First of all, um, because Brian having meltdowns is always funny, Um, (laughs) but it just, I don't think that it helps his case. I I think Mm -hmm. it makes it makes people feel like, Oh, well, if you didn't do anything, why are you bringing this up? I, I do think they're in a tough situation, too, though. I do think it's like they're reporting what the information they're getting, and people are just taking sides. People, whether it, whether it be like they're the elite guys or they're punk guys, and people, if you're a punk guy, you're just like, oh, we just want him back. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, some people don't want him back, and that's just right. the reality of the situation. And the people that Dave is talking to probably don't want him there. That's just what it is. Um I I do think that report this week was strange. Him trying to insinuate that Dax is conspiring to get the Bucks to leave. I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think he's misreading that. But it happens. It's messy. Uh, let's see. We got another here from, uh, let's see, Ani Rudd. I, I probably continue to that name. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Ani Rudd. Mm-hmm. Um who says WWE's feeding Cody to Brock, ending his time as a top star. The bloodline story is stale and just uh, reruns. Solo is overrated and can't back up his push. Yeah, hmm. I wouldn't say any of that. I, I actually think that Cody is probably going to win at Backlash. Um, if he doesn't win, I have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, I kind of <laughs> still have no idea what the hell they're doing, but I have to figure there has to be something here that they're doing. I don't know what it is, but 
hopefully it's leading somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> nah, if I he would... loses to Brock at Black Backlash, that's crazy, Phil. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know where you go from there if he loses. Um, but wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me one bit, though. That's the funny part about it. And I, I definitely disagree on Solo. I think Solo's yeah. bad at presentation-wise. I think yeah. that he's one of the best guys to come from NXT in a while. Um, I think I think you got something with him. I'm not saying that he could be like world champion this year, but I do think you've got something with him. I definitely think him being a part of the bloodline has upped his stock and their stock. And he's looked as one of the strongest of the whole crew. He's not overrated at all. Like he's going to yeah. be the future that, for them, I think. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's this amazing worker, but I no. do think that the, the things that he does do, he does them well. I think he yeah. does the big moves well. I think giving him the Samoan spike was a great idea. Brilliant. Uh, and I I think he's good. I don't know. Um, I I've seen a lot of criticisms of Solo lately and uh and that these most recent main event performances haven't necessarily been that maybe he needed more time to just kind of cook as an enforcer and mm-hmm. uh and not have these you know, main event matches that he's been right. having lately. Um, That's fair. And I, I, I've seen that criticism a lot. I don't know. I mean, it's a trial by fire kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. the, the cool thing is WWE does have house shows and things like that to kind of yeah. give people the opportunity to have these roles. But that, uh, yeah, um, there are some people feeling like he's he's not co- he's not coming off at the level that his siblings do or that Roman does, but who would expect him to? I mean, it, look how long it took all of those guys to get to their position. Yeah. yeah. Speaking I, of which, see, thought, my, my, uh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, I think the beauty of what they did with the last main event he was in is that the point of it was that Cody exposed him. Cody was right, right about him. and yeah. it, But that would have worked better maybe if Cody won. But now we're back to square one. Back <laughs> at it. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got here. Sorry, I, I am dealing with some scoops here. <laughs> if people are wondering what's going on Scoopity, on my phone, scoop, scoop, yeah. scoop. but again, it's one of my one of those not mine to report kind of things. But because uh, when this podcast but, is over, we're getting all the news. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> no, you guys know what it is. it's the stuff we talked about before the show. Oh, yeah, with the uh, you know who and his you know just what. move past it. <laughs> You're trying to uh, give oh, some see, clues running and this hints. rap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's see. Uh, Max says, we'll have to miss most of the show live as one year ago today, I became a girl dad and it's been the greatest thing in my life. Have a good show guys. Love that for you, Mac. Go ahead. You know, the fun thing about the first birthday is that when you celebrate the first birthday, that ain't for your kid. Mm -mm. They don't even know what the fuck is going on. Nope. Nope. Birthday number one is for you. You are yep. celebrating one year of having done this as her dad. Yep. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. You don't invite none of her friends. She don't got no friends. Mm-mm. You're inviting your friends <laughs> for yep. this. Boy. And you're getting the kind of cake that you want to eat because this is yours. <laughs> this is your day. A little baby anyways. That's a little secret that nobody says out loud, but the first birthday maybe even the second mm-hmm. is for you the yeah. parent eventually as your kids start to make friends if they start to de- uh, develop things that they want to do of course the other birthdays are for them but that first one nah you are celebrating sure. one year of you as a parent mm-hmm. yep um yeah congratulations man um, yeah 
I this stuff definitely goes by fast. I'm not a parent. Um, my oldest niece just turned 18 last week, Ooh. and I was just looking around Old. like, what is happening right now? Crazy. Like, I text her happy birthday, and I was like, what did you do? And I'm just looking like, I'm still thinking like, oh, I just hung out. She was like, yeah, I went out to Hibachi, and I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Time, man. Time, like, time, it's just, time. Like, time just blows by, man. Yeah, I posted a picture yesterday, and I got a bunch of comments about people saying, oh, we need Durag Will on uh, Grab City because it was a picture of me and Veda when I was 25 and she was 2. And uh, it was like 10 years ago, and now I'm 35 and she's 12. And, Crazy. Uh, it, you got all a 12-year-old, bro. All of that feels like it just went right by. Got to um, have a teenager. And look, you're not getting Durag Will on Grab City until I decide oh, yeah. to get the waves back. Because, uh, which I will say, I do slightly miss. They were easy yeah. to manage. Uh, easy to manage. No, you got you got to get that brush. Yeah, that no, brush that was it though. Easy. I know. You got to be brushing your hair for like two hours a day. That's not easy. I don't know. I guess it was just habit for me to just be sitting around, just like habit. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I still have the brush. Uh, that I mean, look, it's only been since 2019 that uh now the legit before i got dreads i was like i'm gonna get waves and then like i started doing the regiment for like three days and i was like i'm gonna just get dreads that's way easier <laughs> <laughs> no so, so the reason that i got rid of it was right after wrestlemania weekend i lost my favorite do-rag in new york and so um i'm like i went online to order another one and i was like you know what online yes online Online. So that was you don't the, have the local beauty supply to get it. Like what? They Where were out going? of my that they were out of my favorite one. There was one specific one that I like. It's not the Bow Wow one. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to get a Bow Wow do rag. There's one specific Walmart's. There's one specific do rag that I love, and I couldn't find because it's got the little like V in the front. I could pull on the front. It, it, it like I could always keep it snug and secure and it never left a huge line in my forehead. It's um, not right one of those weird ones that like snaps in the back like a bra. No, right? That's <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but again, I just, uh, cause I always hated walking into work with the line in my forehead. Mm -hmm. So I would, so there was one specific one though that I was a big fan of. And I went to order one and it said it would be, they were on back order for like six days. And I thought, for a do-rag? I know. I was like, all right, I'm done with this. And I grabbed myself a pick and I was like, all right, we're just going to start doing my thing until we see what happens here and we'll try something different. And again, it's only been since 2019. Uh, that's the, you look at any pictures of me from WrestleMania that year. I still had the waves and, <laughs> but I lost it in New York. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people started growing their hair during the pandemic time anyway. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Well, I had to because I couldn't get to my barber for like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I it was a good. I don't think I was able to get a haircut till May of that year. Oh shit! So <laughs> I definitely went a while without. Can you go being, weekly now or bi-weekly? Uh, I'm bi-weekly. Bi uh, although WrestleMania week was the last time I did, so it's been a mo it's been over two weeks since mm -hmm. I've been back to the barber shop. So either way, hair is is fun. My, but yeah, again, Mac, congratulations. Yes. And celebrate. Again, it yeah. goes by. I posted a video to my Instagram of my daughter's latest dance performance. Um, for anybody who never had perspective on how small my kid is, 
all of those kids are her same age. All the ones around her. She's the one dancing in the middle. She's dancing to Missy. Uh, what they did, Missy, Chris Brown, and Cardi B. And she's like the tiniest of the bunch. But because of that, she got to be center. That and she knew the moves better than anybody. Uh, but either way, it's it's a fun time. It's fun. There's drama. Yeah. Of you course. Just, you just wait, man. You just I've just been watching some of this stuff from afar. And again, my like I said, man, he's just turned eighteen. She's driving and everything now, and I'm just like this is just glad that I can dip in and out, man. I don't have to Seriously <laughs> be here for the entire Ooh. uh teenage experience. It's tough. Tough nah, as soon as this show is over, I'm gonna tell you guys about the latest drama. Um Ooh. that uh, let me tell you, middle school kids are the worst. No, high school kids are the worst. High school, but yeah, yeah, high school, high school yeah, kids yeah. are the high worst, school. but at the moment... Middle schoolers are bad, though. The, but the way that we went from just, like, elementary school, like, ah, oh, it's playground drama, to, like, oh, now there's, like, serious shit. Ugh. Well, there's the internet, so... I know, right? You never That's why like it used to. We we used to go home at three and it was over, but now mm-hmm. it's like you go home at three and it's gonna continue on your phone. Well, I, that's why like I have all social media apps banned from my kids. Good, uh, like Veda can't have any of it. But at the same time, because she can't have any of it, all of a sudden, if like a rumor starts or something and it's going all around and all of she can't do anything about it. Um, I'm of the belief that hey, out of sight, out of mind. But all her friends are like. Uh, you see this thing, and uh, I'm over it. I'm over mm-hmm. it. <sighs> Johnny says, "Solo Sokoa or Hook can either win the world belt." Uh... Solo is years off. I think Hook's just not really a world title act, but at the same time, that's okay. Not everybody yeah. is. Um, I think yeah. Solo could one day. I think it's too soon to tell with either of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think Solo is probably closer than Hook is right now. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, and yeah, you see Rikishi posting about his other kids. He's like, we're not done. <laughs> no, Rikishi's <laughs> like, look, this is the whole gang. Do not forget. I love gang, it. Gang. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of those. Uh, no, he, po- he posted, he was like, look, I got a daughter too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, we'll see. The bloodline will continue. Still got Jacob Fatu out there in the world. He got to come join, too, one day. Shout out to the uh, biggest. White Dynamite says, everyone, please send your love and vibes, <laughs> uh, your love and positive vibes to the Enforcer from Steven Larson's show. He's in the hospital fighting right now. Yeah. For, um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the Enforcer. Yeah. Speaking of uh, prayers and uh, well wishes out to uh, Jamie Foxx, who is also. Oh, yeah. Jamie Foxx, man. What the hell? Man, we, it's so funny. When we were in L.A., I was just telling Reg, like, when I just want anything to, like, randomly laugh at, I pull up YouTube and look at Jamie Foxx stuff all the time, whether mm-hmm. it's him on Fallon or it's just him doing impressions or stuff. Nah, him could... uh, burning the homie that was trying to get his shit off at the roast. This is your I conscience. Should. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another, I just That's did another so joke good. that didn't hit. Yeah, him uh, because I'm your conscience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. Him, him roasting Terrence Howard on Big Boy's radio show. Mm-hmm. Just classic stuff. He's just giving us so many classic moments. Um, so, Bro, the Jamie hopefully Fox he pulls show? through. Man. Yeah, I was about to say. I feel like Aww. people do not talk about Jamie Foxx show enough, and I get why. It's because it was on WB. Yeah, it was on the Black like, Network. Yeah, because you know I, the shows that did well on Fox like always get 
all of the the praise over the years, but I love the Jamie Foxx show. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe it's because of all the major sitcoms. <laughs> Look, I outright believe Fresh Prince and Martin are better than the Jamie Foxx show. Yeah, of course. But nobody had a love interest finer than Fancy. Martin and Fresh Prince. I don't know, Will, man. Will Smith Will, had it. He, he did have Lisa. I mean, he, did, he did, but I thought Fancy was the finest in 96. I mean, that, that's a fair argument, but <laughs> Will Will has had had a roster, man. And don't, don't get me wrong. 96 Neil Long or Fancy? Hmm. Man, but he had, again, he had Tough a roster. One. If you look at everybody that was on that show, Jasmine Guy, Vivica Fox, like, it was a lot he of did. love interest but, he had on the show. But none of them lasted. Like, Fancy was the... She uh, was the show. She was the show, mm-hmm. right? That was... Um, yeah, because... The, but the show was Will was not... Will was out here. Will was out in these streets. He was. Out here. <laughs> he was. I mean, they tried to for a season. They gave him Lisa for mm-hmm. an entire season. And then... Nah, that didn't last. <laughs> uh, but they did season six and... The first thing they did right before at the end of season five was, nah, this wedding ain't happening. Lisa's yeah. not staying, and he will be right back to being the Will we all know. I and love. might put the Jamie Foxx show over Martin. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I don't Martin- love my, my like that's my mom's favorite show. Like she'll watch Martin mm-hmm. all the time. I don't. I like it a lot, but I don't know. Now there, there's too many classic moments from Martin that I don't care there how many times I, I I watch it I laugh hysterically them them going to that resort and and the big yes. rat the mm-hmm. uh, get get the draws like come on man it's just too you know many what it is it's, it's, the, it's the it's how it ended how like it yeah, was weird. yeah it was corny yeah. yeah. without that's Gina really, yeah that's what kind of that's what does it for me yeah what, what does mean? GTD stand for mm-hmm. got them draws <laughs> come on man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now you're right. Classic moment. No, Martin Rhythm Spoons. Come on, man. Rhythm Spoon. Yeah. I think yeah, about yeah. Rhythm Spoons way yeah. more. Than... Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Pick up the right, pieces, okay. bro. Come on, no, man. No, you're right. You're right. You're making some balance. No, nah, like Martin just is. The that does it for me. But yeah, that's, the, it's, it's, it falls off moment. a lot quicker than any other shows. Because I think, right. like, Fresh Prince to me, um, Fresh Prince is interesting because I think that. Uh, I've always said that first Aunt Viv is the better Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think that the show really found itself humor-wise in the last three seasons. Yeah. And oh, so are, I agree. Are you caught up on Bel Air at all? Or no? Yes, I am caught up on Bel Air. Did you see the small note that they made that um, dark-skinned Aunt Viv literally replaced light-skinned Aunt Viv? Did you see that? Mm. Did you see that, that what they did? Ah. How so? Because, uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 of course. That, okay, I see what yeah. you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. You're absolutely right. Because, yeah, yeah because light skin Aunt Viv played the, she had the role and they gave it to new Aunt Viv. Yes, I do get what you're saying. I was yeah. like, ah, I see what they did there. That was clever. Yeah, that was uh, clever. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had said last week that my big complaint was that there weren't any long-term consequences for things of this show, and I feel like this episode in particular had the most long-term consequence for things. Um, yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff in that show where I'm just like, they just kind of threw in a pop, plot point, and then it's like, ah, that resolved. Um, and then we just kind of move on. But like, 
Carlton in the Coke is gonna have long term consequences. Carlton is wilding, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Carl- is wilding. Carlton. I mean, and look, <laughs> um, I, like the introduction of Carlton being a cokehead in the first season, um, that was already like a point where I'm like, you know what? I, I get it. I get it because like he's he's around these rich white boys. Like this is this is who Carlton. Would be oh, in a more going out in story. L.A. and Oakland. Oh yeah, it's pretty normal. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I mean, and it ties to like the short-lived uh, incident from with him doing speed from the original mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. So I got it. I, I was fine with it. I I didn't understand why people were like, "Oh, this is horrible." It's such a it's such a portrayal of the character. Um, I I kind of think Carlton is one of the best characters on the show at this point. I do too. I, I, as a matter of fact, the most recent episode I had problems with uh, Will more than anything else. I was like, "Will, you could have just texted Jackie." Like you, but yeah, if you if you rewatch Will's, the the first few seasons, Will is pretty annoying, but yes. he's supposed to be annoying because he's a he's a dumb kid, right? But like he decided to blow off Jackie for Lisa, but it was like he didn't. All he had to do was just text and be like, "Hey." Something came up, anything, but just to leave her hanging like that. That you would was... have to lie about what came up, though. Mm-hmm. He's lying anyway. So, but, like, but, I'm, but I'm saying, if he was like, "All right, well, something came up," she would have back. She would ask, "Well, what?" And then he would have been like, "Oh, I was with Lisa," and he knows Lisa likes him. Mm-hmm. He'd have to lie. <sighs> married man. Will's thinking with married man brain. That's why. Yeah, no. He, I'm. He was... I'm more so just thinking. But you can't just leave somebody. Who's waiting on you hanging? I, Period. I, I totally agree, and as somebody <laughs> that has told the truth in moments with with girls, and it's blowing up horribly in my face. <laughs> totally. Sometimes you gotta lie, and I, that, that's not the message to throw out to people. But sometimes, man, you gotta. Oh no! But the, I'm I'm saying Will should have lied. He should have said <laughs> something. I'm saying that, but leaving her with nothing. Yeah, I think he was trying. Sometimes to you gotta lie, Philip Lindsay. I think he <laughs> wanted to get a small white lie out of there instead of having to tell a bigger lie. Right. That's what yeah. it was. So either way, uh, I, I, I'm all caught up on on Bel Air though. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna watch it one day. I got Peacock. Pretty happy. It's a, it's a great with... show. Mm-hmm. Great show. Uh, Snowfall is coming to an end slowly, and things mm. are happening. Hmm. Can't get into it, but a lot is happening. <laughs> um, I will tell people I did finally begin Succession um because everybody keeps talking about it and somebody said this they're like the most recent episode of succession was the best episode of tv that's like ever aired and i went well fuck i guess it's time to begin succession so i started episode one literally only on episode two i'm kind of looking at it as i don't know what the big deal is but (laughs) when everybody when all the stuff was going down with vince and people are like man this is like real life succession and i'm like I don't know what you're talking about because I don't watch that show, but I guess I actually I absolutely have to. So, yeah, I've seen started an it. Of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is I just started it like two days ago, and I'll get there. Anyway, uh, Shy Town Spurs says I'm probably not going to believe a word he says, regardless. And why would I? What has he done to earn the benefit of the doubt? Referring to CM Punk. Um, That's fair. I, I mean, I think people are are going to fall where they fall, and I mean. This is going to sound corny, but that's kind of the great thing about wrestling is that you can voice your disapproval or your approval of things. Yep. 
Irene C says, the lad, the latest brawl out discourse is just exhausting. We all know Punk is an asshole, but that gaslighting article is ridiculous. Punk is not some supervillain trying to steal AEW from the elite. Do we know that, though? Because a lot of people kind of, like, make a... Like, if I just know CM Punk, the TB wrestler, I don't know that he's an asshole. Listen, I've, I've gotten on this podcast and told you guys, the problem is, is that fans think they know these people. You right. don't know these people. I don't, you don't. Uh, um, but based on things that I've seen of Punk, just based on his pattern, I would guarantee you he's sitting at home and he hates all of this. Totally. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, he doesn't like that people continue to talk about him. That was his <laughs> issue to begin with. He doesn't want people talking about him. Right. Um, it's just that now he, he, created, he created his own worst nightmare with Brawl Out. And now for months, that's all people have been talking about is him and everything that's negative about it. It's one thing if we're talking about him as a wrestler and, you know, see yes. him as a positive light, but everything that's been happening for the past months is, is everything he did not want to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep going on these. Let's see. We got this one. Sal says, Punk returning hurt the odds of the elite staying. No. Um, no. I think it could, uh, but I think they're going to get a lot to stay. I, like, I, if you start to see Matt or Nick Jackson posting about uh, <laughs> a brand new house um, or something along those lines. Leverage, uh, maybe. I think that, like, I don't know. I mean, I think at the moment, um, as Sean reported, uh, there's no interest from them in working with CM Punk at this moment in time. Um, maybe that can change, but I, I, I think... Just uh, looking at it from a factual standpoint, I do think it hurts the chances of them staying. Um, I guess the reason I say no is because for the Bucks in particular, I don't see them going to WWE. That's all if I'm saying. If they don't go to WWE, where else are they going to go? Um, like I think the chances of Kenny going to WWE are higher than them. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I agree. But I, I just don't see it. And a- even with Kenny, I see the chance of them going back to New Japan higher than anything. Yeah, but I guess just as I see what as things are going right now, um, I, I hope nothing explodes. Like obviously, we saw Brandon Cutler's tweet yesterday Never for thirty know. minutes, uh-huh. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and so there's still people clearly not happy with the idea of what's about to go down. Totally. Yeah. Uh, all right. Which reminds me, when I was when I was posting certain things about the Robin thing, they're like, "Oh, well, you just want him to go to AEW." Let me make this very clear. I don't think he's ever leaving WWE. That's not what I'm saying at all. I don't think that he's ever going to leave. I think he's a lifer. But I do think he's unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I do think you can be unhappy somewhere and just stay. People do it all the time. I don't think anybody's a lifer, by the way, anywhere. And and that's, like, I don't think anybody's a lifer in AEW when people say, oh, he's staying. Like, I literally just said, nah, I don't think. You just said the guys that started the company would leave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, no, I don't think anybody's a lifer anywhere. Um, look, we thought Edge was a lifer. Oops. Yes. Maybe. Um. Maybe. The, Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> maybe. Uh. The, the Dax out here, you know, spreading spreading the word that hey, I want my friend over here with me. Mm-hmm. But he he's been saying that a lot. He wants his friend to stay and wrestle with him and wrestle the Bucks. Yeah. Uh. I mean, like. The, f- the thing about Edge, and I saw that story that WWE management from WrestleVotes um, d- 
doesn't believe that Edge would uh, jump ship. Maybe he wouldn't. Uh, maybe they, at least that's what they believe. But I will say this. Uh, if there is an opportunity for an Edge and Christian reunion and them going out as a tag team, AEW is the place where that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I, I see I, people saying, well, you know, I see it the other way around. I see that uh, maybe Christian goes back. Christian's got another year on his contract, plus he was injured, and that's without the option. Um, so, and Vince don't like Christian. He knows what's up. And, and, <laughs> and, and so the person who has the biggest opportunity to the person who has the soonest opportunity to leave is Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what he's going to do, uh, but I'm saying that if they're like FTR is now signed for four years, so mm-hmm. if the FTR versus Edge and Christian match is going to happen. Yeah. It can happen there. It's got to happen there. Christian is at least he's at least got another year plus uh, any time for the injury, um, so he's not going anywhere. But Edge has months left. So on this day, I see clearly. And I WWE doesn't own that song, by the way. <laughs> they about to be mad. That's a licensed theme song. When the Hardy uh, Boys song plays and then that song plays right after, <laughs> Ooh, they're gonna be mad. They're gonna be so mad. Yeah. I would be curious to see like what it would take to license that song because uh, Edge has a great relationship with Alter Bridge, mm-hmm. and again, WWE doesn't own the song. That song was. I think they might have sold exclusive rights to it, uh, but I am not certain on that. But I know that it is a a song that publishing rights simply belong to Alter Bridge's label. It's not like, because I keep seeing people who are like, hey, what if CM Punk returns with this fire? Not happening. WWE has 50% of the publishing rights to that song. Jim Johnston wrote that song. Mm -hmm. uh, And like, that's not, that was WWE music. Like that song was commissioned for Randy Orton. That wasn't a Kill Switch Engage song that already existed. That was a song that Jim Johnston wrote. They, uh, They commissioned... Kill Switch Engage to perform it, and then it was released on WWE. Uh, what was the name? Reckless Intent first as a Randy Orton song, and then it was later released on Kill Switch Engage's album as This Fire, and then it was given to CM Punk after the fact. They're like, "What the fuck are we gonna do with this song?" Because Randy's not using it. Uh, they tried to use it as a theme song for a pay per view. I think it was Judgment Day 06. and then finally they were like, "Fuck it, CM Punk." theme song but that song belongs to wwe stop bringing that song up it's never happening you're never gonna see it outside of wwe nope it it, it is their song yeah uh, and that, colt fucking hits anyways come on you guys yeah colt the mercenality hits there are a, a ton of memories attached to uh fire burns but it ain't happening mm-hmm. uh, i i do also think like if edge wants to have one last run as a tag team to say no shade on WWE, but if you're looking at the division over there and the and the teams you could wrestle, probably want to go over there. I mean, there's like you, ten teams in AEW that they can get. If, along if, with. if you get to end your career as a tag team wrestler and get a chance to wrestle the Lucha Bros, the Young Bucks, FDR, the Hardys again, possibly, um, and all these crops of younger tag teams coming up, no, I think that's more interesting than staying in WWE and being a tag team, right? To me, that's just my opinion. Yeah, we will see. Uh, but I like. Do I think Edge is going anywhere? 
I don't know. Yeah. Christian versus all the open sounds fire, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do, uh, do I think he's going anywhere? I don't know. I don't it's like know like Drew McIntyre. Huh? Like I don't think Drew's gonna go anywhere. I but I, I don't think it's out. I don't think it's as cut and dry as anybody thinks it is on any level. I mean, we were lit- people were literally sitting here going a year ago. Ah, Cody's gonna resign. You know right. that. You know he, him, and Tony are just uh, negotiating, but we'll they'll figure it out. No, I uh, never say never to anything in professional wrestling and uh endeavors there now we don't know what they're about to do up there you know what i mean they could be like we don't want no legends get edge out of here get you know what i mean like we don't know nothing i actually think the opposite is gonna happen you think they're gonna want more legends yeah because i think a big part of wwe's business is nostalgia i think endeavor realized that i think a big part of the way they make their money is nostalgia they're never gonna say no to legends that is absolutely true Uh, every single wwe deal that they've made has been built on nostalgia in some way and that mm-hmm. is actually really fascinating they'll have like stone stone cold at the presser and shit it's like stone cold's not gonna be there what's he doing here now mm-hmm. i mean there's a reason why the wwe intro is the then now forever together mm-hmm. they added roman to that by the way though so uh Again, shout out we're, to we're in this weird time period roman's a part-timer now like <laughs> yeah it's well like it took years because cena was uh WWE champion for five years before they finally added the champ is here to the the old yes sir we promise you a great man event here tonight mm-hmm. the intro and then finally like 2010 they added the champ is here to the end of it and with the current intro with all of the the voiceovers um though the one that never made any sense to me is having Lemmy from Motorhead doing the King of Kings like this <laughs> that one like doesn't belong like Hunter doesn't have his own catchphrase mm-hmm. um that you could throw in there. Uh, but they just added acknowledge me to it. So there you have it, uh, which is great that it took. Again, I love the tribal chief Roman Reigns. I think it's very funny how many like failed catchphrases they had for Roman Reigns before tribal chief and acknowledge me finally mm-hmm. was the one that caught on. Cause like you would have never put, I'm the guy in mm-hmm. an intro. No. Uh, you wouldn't have Michael Cole going, it's. The big dog. No, nope. yeah, please no. He mm. stole Undertaker's. It's my yard now. Terrible. Like... <laughs> Snuffering Secatash, all that bad. <laughs> there were years of these things, but finally, acknowledge me worked, and that's now nah, Roman earned his shit, man. They had his yeah. ass in the mud for a while. <laughs> they were trying everything, and it just was not working. Nope. Um, but then again, Cena had some failed catchphrases too. People do not remember kicking ass, taking names, cashing checks, and breaking necks. That's I do. That's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> I do. But people are like, why? Why didn't you like Punk? I mean, Cena. That's that's it right there. I remember. I remember. And whose neck like is he breaking? breaking? He doesn't even do any neck mm-hmm. moves. No, no, no. Um, let's see. Shy Town Spurs says, after three months of JAS, give me Punk and Jarrett. You're talking nasty. <laughs> is that? I mean, look, I like Jared actually, though. I have, uh, I have come around on Double J. Nah, J. Nah, Jared been cooking there, man. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had a problem with him since day one. Uh, he, he's cooking over there. You know who's cooking over there for real though? It's Orange Cassidy, man. This dude, oh has yeah, yeah, been incredible. Uh, he is, he's single-handedly made the international championship the premier TV ch- t- title over there. That, he hasn't that match missed. With, yeah, that match. 
for Bud this week was incredible. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, 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 I see a little like he needs to drop the title soon. Nah. I'm of the opinion, have him drop the title when you have somebody ready to, to take it on. Don't just do it yes. for a moment. I, when you have the next person ready, then have him drop it. Uh, MJ Johnson says, AW is coming to Salem, Virginia on a Saturday, and I'm very excited since I can't travel to the shows. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Uh, look, uh, I think the house shows are still a great idea. Yep. Uh, DNC says, the soft roster split feels like what Tony tried to do with Colt this time last year. We can all hope for a different result, but feels foolish too. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, I think, like I said, he's just trying his best to make this work. I can understand why. Um, we'll see if it works. Danny says, with this new AEW show coming, I would imagine TK is getting a significant is getting significant money for it since it has to be a separate taping. Do you have any idea what they're being paid for the show? Any guesses? Uh, no, but I feel like we'll probably learn out of the upfronts uh, on May 17th. Um, Derek says, Will, when was the last time WWE hired someone for the main roster that wasn't a return? Logan Paul, Dom, maybe? So is there really... A hiring freeze. Um, I will just go off of uh, the same thing Sean Ross Sapp said, which is that, uh, you know, the company line is that there's no hiring freeze and that it's business as usual. But there have been guys that they've talked to for main roster hires that have since been told we can't right now. Um, I mean, Jay White, you guys. There wasn't a hiring freeze. We'd be seeing his ass on Monday nights. Yeah, like I, the I, last person that was brought onto the main roster was Chelsea Green, um, yeah. but she was she was hired before uh, Vince returned in January. She had right. been signed. It was just a matter of when she got used. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's wild that some people would think that they wouldn't change their hiring practices when they're getting ready to go into a merger. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Of course they would. Like that's mm-hmm. just naturally going to happen. Uh, Hunter Tillman uh, said, "Hey, Grab City fam." Fam, two questions. One, Santana tweeted 421 eyeball emoji and thinking emoji. Well, what could this mean? That's a Friday. He hasn't competed for quite some time. And two, why do you think Kerry and Cross received so much hate? Um, I did, uh, as far as Santana's concerned, I mean, he's he's under contract for a while, so I, I don't know. Uh, but I'll say that as far as Karrion Cross is concerned, he don't got it. I think that's more it than anything. I think that uh, a lot of people were told that you know, with just given the right opportunity, he will be the next major superstar. And I think that whenever you tell people that, look at MJF. Uh, whenever you tell people that you're going to be scrutinized harder for anything you do. And if it doesn't work out, then those people are going to look at you and say, see, told you so, he's not it. And I think that with Karrion Cross, there's a lot of I told you so's being tossed around from people who never believed he was it. Because when, when you're put in front of people in that sense, um, it goes one of two ways. You either sink or you swim. And if you swim, people are still going to hate on you. They're still going to do greater than emojis for, or not greater than, the greater than symbol for uh, literally any other person that's even remotely in your stratosphere. Right. And 
I'm not just saying that for MJF because of the MJF and Dom stuff, but like Kenny Omega is another one where there's nothing Kenny can do where people won't say this person greater than Kenny Omega, this person greater than MJF, right? And I think with Karrion Cross, it was a case of a lot of his stuff has proved his haters wrong. And so they just got louder. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is confirmation bias. I don't I don't think that Cross is bad, but I do think that... Uh... The way he rose up so quickly with NXT, for example, I think a lot of people started to turn against it because it seemed like they were pushing him really hard, really fast. And Mm -hmm. especially with Keith Lee, like Keith Lee was not champion long enough to matter. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, Cross is champion now. It's like, oh, okay. And then the cold promo happened and everybody was like, oh, I'm off, dude. He just uh, he's a presence. I think that's what he's going to he's going to use that to get very far. But I don't know if that's going to get him far enough. Yeah, I I personally don't dislike Cross. I think Cross can be good, and I think um, they can do good things with him. I am a little bit leery that you went out of your way to promote this Shinsuke return, and it seems like his first <laughs> opponent is Cross. Uh, it's a little worrying. Um, it is very strange also that they hyped it up all last night just to give us the squash match with Matt Cat Moss. Nasty work, I, disgusting work. I don't know what guys. to make of that. But you also—hey, I'm very happy that they brought Shinsuke's full entrance back. By the way, yeah, yeah, I, I like the presentation he added from the Muda match as well. Um, he brought the robe over that he used from that match. Uh, I like that he immediately afterwards said he felt felt inspired from that and he wants to be world champion. That's great. Now do it. Don't just tease us with that. Actually, give us the storyline. That's the pro- the promo he did is the promo that I want every wrestler to do after they do a promo. I want to be the fucking world champion. I don't care what's going on. That's the reason that I'm here. Just say it one time yeah. and it'll yeah. make me happy. Even if he loses, just do the storyline where he actually challenges for the title. Don't just make mm-hmm. this a one-off promo and we never hear hear from it again. Uh, Albert Pont says, do we hot potato the men's tag titles back to the Usos since Cammy? Here, sorry, uh, <laughs> I, I did um, AJ Styles this thing. Uh, Sammy and KO won't be at Night of Champions. I, well, I didn't think AJ about that. that. Um, oh, I forgot that they can't be at Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not that they can't, they won't be at Night of Champions. Um, I think that's an awful idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think there's awesome. other people you could because you don't to. have to have the tag belts on the show. Uh, uh, I mean, well, what was the concept of Night of Champions though? Oh, the championships are. <laughs> You're right, and Sammy and KO are not going to Saudi. Uh, that's interesting. I, I didn't even think about that. I don't. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, getting the belts off of them will be a, such an awful idea. This, though. this soon, getting the belts off of them, like they just won the belts what two weeks ago, and we're already yeah. talking about taking the belts off of them. That's <sighs> way too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared says the fact that uh, the fact the women's tag titles were given a segment on SmackDown, and now a team actively challenging for the belts gives me hope. Now, do actual teams? Yeah, I, that's why I said I do think it's good that at least they're doing some some semblance of a storyline with them. Um, hopefully that lasts. I won't say that I'm as optimistic as you are, but, you know, hopefully it leads somewhere. Um, and by the way, for people asking what I changed the game to, because Marvel vs. Capcom froze, I changed it to um, the old Konami side-scroller X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, X-Men, the x the four-player one that was based off of the Pride of the X-Men pilot that didn't go anywhere. 
but I've seen that pride I've seen that pilot a million times because I had it on VHS and used to watch it on the regular. Uh, let's All see. All time we, great arcade game. Yeah, it's it's very good. That, uh, that whole Konami line is is very good. Um, the Simpsons I, game was a Konami game. Simpsons yep. was Konami. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Simpsons, Turtles, like all of those. Yeah, Konami all, side scrollers. They had it. All, man, all, I used to be at the arcade, fucking all my quarters up on them games. All, <laughs> all fixtures that uh, Pizza Hut. Yes, yes, one thousand percent. In Michigan, that's the one thing I love about going uh, with my wife home to to Michigan. Which, speaking of which, shout out everybody who got tickets in Detroit for SummerSlam. Mm. Um, those uh, they sold those a lot big. of them. They sold yeah. a lot of them. Uh, every time I go home uh, with my wife to Detroit, there's like they actually have like a sit-in Pizza Hut Ooh. that's got like arcades and stuff. Classic. Yeah, Listen, it's not man. just like a delivery center. Like it's it's a full-on Pizza Hut. Listen, Miss man. that. Get getting a, getting those get saving up a handful of quarters and getting that book it that book it sticker and going Ooh. to Pizza Hut and wait for that pizza and play in the arcade, bro. That book it sticker. That's hey, hilarious. Man. Yes. <laughs> What a that life was afternoon. I'm yeah. saying, <laughs> uh, you know what though? Um, every the thing that makes me think of classic Pizza Hut, and I guess since we just brought up Ninja Turtles, is um, do you remember the the song from the opening VHS of Ninja Turtles? The up in the distance, mm-hmm. the, yeah, uh, uh, and the baseball falls into yeah. my glove. Yeah, mm-hmm. that shit um, will always remind me of old school pizza hut and Mm -hmm. i got that vhs tape from pizza hut now that i think about it because they did a little earn the ninja turtles on vhs tape thing and that's where i got ninja turtles from huh ninja turtles 2 is bk pizza club or bk kids club though that was it the uh burger king uh we're products of the 90s guys yes exactly (laughs) 90s, 90s, born in 90s. the 80s but yeah. came um, up in the 90s came up in the 90s i was fucking ninja turtles uh green fruit pies although my son's right about one thing so he has been uh watching because they just put it back up on netflix but the 2012 ninja turtles which i am of the belief is the best ninja turtles um he's been watching it and he loves it we started watching the 87 ninja turtles and <laughs> billy thinks it's the lamest thing on earth <laughs> he thinks it stinks there's an episode of the 2012 turtles that made fun of the 87 turtles uh where they did the the universe's cross in the 80s turtles met the turtles of the 2010s yeah, that's right. and yeah it's really good but they're also like pointing out every glaring flaw with the 20 I mean with the 87 turtles where they're like wait you guys don't actually use your weapons uh, and they're like no dude and like uh Raphael like goes and hits a fire hydrant with his size and he's like why don't you just like go use it on the foot and he's like that's not what we do and uh there's a point where they go and like walk out uh and they try to like walk out into the streets and he gets pulled back and they're like what are you doing and they're like we're just Walking, they're like, "No, we're ninjas. You're supposed to hide." Mm. <laughs> <What are> you... <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, if, if if you don't know, by the way, you could not use your weapons in like the '80s and '90s cartoons because you couldn't mm-hmm. show that kind of violence in those cartoons right. back then. It's the same reason why in the Spider-Man animated series that everybody had laser guns because you could not shoot a gun with bullets in a, in a right. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, and so it's just funny them making fun of that of why don't you guys use your weapons and like well we don't actually use these they're just cool to have they just look cool yeah, yeah. when when i when i noticed that about uh spider-man i was like wait everyone in the show does have lasers why why mm -hmm. the entirety of new york have lasers like why are there no real guns mm -hmm. in the show well I, I was watching the trailer for the power rangers once and always which comes out in four days by the way really excited for that but the the thing that's really throwing me off is in that trailer, Rita says, I'm going to kill the Power Rangers. And I thought, that was the one word banned on Fox Kids. You could not say kill. You always had to say destroy. I will destroy the Power Rangers. Oh, this thing's been destroyed. Um, you couldn't even say die. It was one of those, like, Tommy would go, oh, if I lose my powers, I'll be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they <laughs> you couldn't say die or kill. It was destroyed. That I'll was the go-to word. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Rita said that in the trailer, like my brain could not comprehend hearing um what's her name? Barbara Goodson played the voice of Rita, but hearing her actual voice say, I'm going to kill the Power Rangers. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's wrong. You can't say that. Mm -hmm. But it's Netflix, so I guess you can. Say whatever you want. Yeah, say whatever the fuck you want. Whatever. Uh, this is obviously going to be a movie event made for people who are currently in their thirties, because yeah. that's that's whatever. another old thing. I like. I was watching TV the other day, and I was like, "Wait, you can say shit on TV? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can do that?" Yeah, mm -hmm. all the time. All right. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Jaff Gator says, "What's y'all's thoughts on soft roster split? I think it would cultivate a." Divisive environment and end up with over there promos within AEW each week. Uh, um, that would be with a hard split. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I, I but again, I think wrestlers are gonna wrestler. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, if wrestlers uh, have a problem with what's going on over there and they want to make poke fun at something, they will. It's just mm -hmm. just how it is. I, I don't think that trying to you know handle this with kid gloves is going to make it any easier because um, like i said people that don't want them there don't want them there that's not exactly. going to change nothing's changing i feel like it's good everything's going to be fine though mm -hmm. like i feel like this is going to work out for the better but i mean maybe. you never fucking know you never know <laughs> maybe the homie um, could come and blow that shit up uh, second weekend i don't know listen, yeah i've been fighting this for the entire episode <laughs> I'm excited for the guy to come back. I'm sorry. Of course. I want to come see on. him wrestle. <laughs> Say it out loud. Say it out loud. I, I want to see him wrestle, man. Of uh, course. I, I, I know that, you know, it's a tricky situation. I know they have to handle this carefully, but I'm excited to see this guy wrestle again. I think pro wrestling gets better with CM Punk in it. And if it's, if it's just like he's not going to wrestle those guys, I still think everything's going to be all right. There's still a bunch of people that he can, he, I mean, he can work with. He still has not touched Brian Danielson since right. he's been there. Right. Uh, we got another one. I'll jump back to the Humper Chats for a second. Uh, Tony P sent one that says, uh, I knew Mina was leaving uh, Angels taking Waka, but I thought it would have been uh, after she wins the white belt, not last night. Uh, then Sayori joining. Is this supposed to be leading to a bigger... Uh, wait, leading to bigger for Tam later? Or... Uh, but later on, or add the mental aspect of her match with Julia. Um, I think it's twofold. I think that uh, 
the whole point of what Tam is doing right now and trying to challenge for the red belt is feeling like she wants to feel validated again. She she spent a long time as a top champion. She wants to be champion again. And at the same time, this thing that she built in Cosmic Angels is falling apart. And so it's just like, it's just kind of a low period for her. And uh, I kind of saw this happening. Um, Mina was definitely going to go out on her own and I could, could see Waka leaving with Mina. So this seems like the natural progression, especially with Nasboy joining. Um, I think Mina is probably going to be champion soon. It seems like they're very high on Club Venus over there. It makes sense for them to have another English-speaking wrestler over there for her as well. All of it made sense to me. Um, but one of the greatest things we got last night was the Mercedes wig reveal. Mercedes! If, if, if Mercedes does not love anything else, it's a wig reveal. Oh, that's her favorite. <laughs> it's like her to favorite thing on. to do. And so I thought her coming out with the hoodie on and you could clearly see the belt under the hoodie. So mm -hmm. you knew it was her, but she still <laughs> had like the wig reveal in the mask anyway. She's great. I think the dramatic stuff she's doing with Japanese wrestling is fantastic. The build for this match has been really good. Like everything that the press conference, this, like it's been, yeah, been the, really the, good. the Mayu sucks stuff. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, I'm starting to get the feeling she's going to lose. Yeah. Um, just the way that they're building it, they're building her as just like this very obnoxious heel. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they're building her as this obstacle for Mayu to overcome. It feels yeah. like she's going to lose. I don't know if that means she's not going to do anything else with Stardom or New Japan, but I'm definitely getting the feeling she's going to lose. At this rate, we need more, though, because she is out there. Cooking. I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. And I mean, you could build this into a, 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 a long-going storyline. Another reason I kind of think that Mayu is going to win is because it feels like Mayu was positioned to win the first time. Right. Uh, let's see. Jason R says, happy, he says, uh, Grab City, happy Saturday, guys. Do you think that the Elite versus BCC feud will also spill over somewhat into ROH for the main title? I would love to see Heyman get a shot at Claudio. What title, if any, do you see Jay White going for first? Uh, I can see Jay White challenging Orange for sure. That makes the most sense, and it makes yeah. a lot of sense for him to beat him as well and become the international mm -hmm. champion. It does because he he's a guy that could take that belt other places and do cool things with it. Um, yep, I I think the international title is probably the first one he's going to challenge for. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I think his next feud is probably like I think they gotta address the Cole story. Like they gotta go yeah. there uh, ASAP. Like I get why they're not starting with it because. No one, neither of them can afford to lose right now. So they should mm -hmm. both be in feuds. They can both win. And I think that Jay White will probably beat Ricky Starks. I also I fucking hate that wins and losses. No one should ever lose. The, neither guy could lose. No one ever could fucking lose. Swerve shouldn't have lost to Darby Allen. Who's ever going to lose if no one can ever lose, you guys? Huh? Yeah. Explain I, it to I, me. I don't understand. I'm tired of it. I don't understand why people didn't see where this was going. You're building Darby up for a title match at the pay-per-view coming up. Darby is not going to lose. No. Every All of the storylines of the other pillars going into these weeks, they're winning their matches. Why do you think Darby is going to lose? Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's clearly is setting up something. The promo swerve cut, it made it clear where this is going. So, right. I don't know. It's annoying. Yeah, there's other stuff 
But just keep watching. This is all I'll say. Just, the story. just keep watching. Yeah. I, and I thought that match was very good. Very good. Oh, and that uh, the Swerve and Nick Wayne from Defy. Nick Wayne ended up beating Swerve, but they did some incredible things. And then that top row powerbomb was crazy. Nick Wayne was bleeding buckets. Swerve was just being an awful human being in the best way. And the, that match and the Derby match back to back, like Swerve Cook. Very, yeah, and then no. they announced. As I was alluding to last week, that mm -hmm. uh, when I said we'll see Nick Wayne this year in AEW, uh, we are going to see him on the July 12th edition of AEW Dynamite, where he will rematch Swerve Strickland. It is not for the Defy title. Mm -mm. Um, that was uh, misreported there. But they will rematch on AEW TV. Uh, and that is happening July 12th, two days after. That'll be Nick Wayne's first 18-year-old wrestling match yes as an adult that was why i had his birthday memorized by the way where mm -hmm. i was like yeah he turns uh he turns 18 on july 10th is because uh i've had july 12th in my head for the mm -hmm. last few months because i knew that's when he was debuting uh and i'm like oh it's two days after his birthday so yeah july so, 12th yeah he will I, debut on AEW tv and uh for anybody because i kept seeing it because this is the thing trolls do and i should ignore it but it's stupid mm -hmm. every time i see it for mm -hmm. anybody who asked one of two questions which is well what's the story yeah watch it uh <laughs> and two all the people who are commenting who again watch because the funny thing is that literally the headline said nick wayne to make his debut so for you to say who good this is how you find out who Mm -hmm. that's, that's how this that's works debut is for um, <laughs> yeah i i really watched liked watching uh squares like move set and his presentation and everything evolved to watching his look change just like mm -hmm. now he's got the long coat and he's got the ski mask which looks fire um i love the darker version of his theme mm -hmm. now he's cooking i i think that now that they've kind of settled on what they want the stable to be i'm, I'm ready for whatever he does next um right and i very much like that Dynamite did an overarching story from the opening match to the end of the, the, end of the show. We mm -hmm. rarely see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have seen it. Like, I feel like it's been kind of the direction they've been going pretty much since Revolution, where mm -hmm. each week has at least one story that threads throughout the show. And like, usually it'll be something revolving around BCC and Elite. Um, we've seen a little bit with MJF, but like, hey, the Swerve was the overarching story this time around. He was. He was. Yeah, he was the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, and the end of the show. Um, and I think... If each week can continue to do that, where every single show has, it doesn't have to be the same story, but one mm -hmm. story that threads throughout the show, mm -hmm. I think that will ideally make for the best programming to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, now him, him uh, losing the match and then cutting that promo and said, no, nah, we're we going to leave here with something. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love Swerve's uh, work as a heel. I was telling the homie, like, his pacing as a heel, the way that he works through the match and the way that he he's going to have like the big come up and at the end for the baby face every single time. And you can see it coming and you can feel it coming. He's such a really great pro wrestler, man. I mean, we yeah. talked extensively about the guy, but yeah, come on. Yeah. And, uh, Brian cage is, is officially resigned. Mm -hmm. So there's not any signed <laughs> for five years, by the way. Wow. Uh, and there's not a whole it's lot a long of time. A lot of these guys are signed for a long time going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, Swerve signed a five-year deal as well uh, last mm -hmm. year. So he's going to be there for a long time. And, uh, you know, the 
FTR just announced they signed a four-year deal. So um, there's going to be a lot of core elements continuing to stick around. I think that Brian Cage was interesting because, as Fightful Select reported, um, there were a couple of influential people in WWE who were... um, Very uh, influential. (laughs) Yes, uh, trying to get him in there. And... Uh, but as far as, you know, the stability was concerned, he ended up sticking with what he had. And I, 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 Brian Cage is just interesting to me because a year ago, everybody thought he was like out. Like people (laughs) were like, we don't even see Brian Cage on TV anymore. Let him go. Remember his wife did a couple posts and people were like, Ooh, yeah, like he's out of here. Yeah. No, he's, he'll have been with AEW collectively. If he signed a five-year deal this year, he will have collectively been there for eight years. Wow. By the time. Long time. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been a lot better since he's been back. I think he's wrestling better. Um, I like the stuff he's doing with the embassy. So, hey, hopefully this works out for him. Seems like a good move, huh? They are the mogul embassy. And, yeah, so that's good stuff. Let's see. We also got uh, Sheldon Jackson. We'll read this one. Are y'all concerned about... Sammy and KO having a short title reign due to the King and Queen of the Ring uh, being rebranded out of champions. We just kind of read a question like this, but the show still being in Saudi and for obvious and justified reasons, neither man will be able to defend the title. We did talk about that, but yes. thank you for the question, Sheldon. And yeah, yes, we one. are concerned. <laughs> um, Nelson Muntz says, Punk is literally that kid that will talk a big game, and then when you come to confront them, they run to mommy and daddy and say you started well, we it. We don't know that, though. This yeah, is like, all speculation. We don't know what's actually happened here. Um, including, I mean, like, people, like, on the elite side, people who say that the elite yeah. don't want to work with, uh, with him. Like, thing is, you don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, not to, not to make light of, of course, what happened, but that's actually the opposite of what happened. He talked a big game in that press scrum. They came to his, his locker room and he swung. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not, uh, well. not not to say that he was right to do that, but that's actually not what well, happened. <laughs> and Bored Dude says, How are you going to bend over backwards for one old ass kid? Uh, this fool is a small timer. Uh, I understand there's money on the table. However, how much blood is that money worth? That's the dude not... is like Hogan in WCW, except no. grouchy old man isn't Hollywood. No, he's not. That's y'all gotta crazy. Stop. Y'all got to stop comparing any older wrestler to Hogan, man. No, yeah, it's not the same at, it, at all. It, it's, it's a very big difference between what Hogan was doing. That was, nah. We're overreacting. I'm going to say all you guys that are in the comments. It's not that serious. We don't even know. Like I said, if you just know CM Punk, the TV character, he didn't do nothing to you. Yeah. Uh, Nelson Munt says, all the doubters of AEW will learn just how big WCW was compared to WWF in Europe and how important good word of mouth is for lapsed wrestling fans or people who don't even watch wrestling. Uh, Of course, referring to the um, all out or all Mm -hmm. in and uh, the ticket sales of that. I think... People have set their own benchmarks for how that's going to do and then decided that if it's not successful, if it doesn't reach uh, my personal benchmark, um, yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, uh, it's uh, anything like right now, the pre-sale signups have already eclipsed AEW's biggest show that they've ever done. So at that point, all in without a ticket sold could potentially be the biggest show that AEW's ever done. It's a milestone. It's a marker no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and shout and, out to uh, Forbidden Door too. That's like pretty damn close to being sold out. Like, yeah, with no I mean, matches announced. 
I think like right now, I, I think the shows are going to look good and that's yeah. okay. Like I'm, I enjoy seeing fans in the building guys. I can't believe we're arguing over all of this. Having just two years ago, having to watch shows that didn't have fans at all. Eesh. I mean, like yeah. I will never, I will never take any of this for granted again right. because I had to sit and watch shows that had nothing. And it was the worst experience in watching professional wrestling. Never want to go back. Never want to go back. So when I see fans in the building, in any building, I still smile about that because I'm like, damn, I really had to go a year and a half not getting to see this. This is great. Yeah, I mean, you guys are arguing about this. I'm not arguing about ratings or ticket sales with anybody on Twitter or anywhere because I think it's It's always been dumb. And even the WWE crowds look great with all their sold out shows back to back. Like yeah. it's great for everybody. I love seeing that shit. Nah, fans in the building is is just a beautiful sight. Look, mm-hmm. I was even I watched Impact this week and I thought, hey, they got a, a good turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, we had to see the Mickey James announcement though, Ooh, and that was unfortunate. That mm. both world titles in Impact mm. had to be relinquished. In String a of bad of luck. Jeez, man. Shout out to Mickey and shout out to Josh Alexander. Hopefully you guys both get better. Yeah, I, I did like the way they did the promo with Mickey and doing the the visual of her leaving had in the ring was cool. Um, I do think it's a good way to go back to the knockout division and go back to uh, Jordan and Deanna because they had the big match a few years ago. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I, I am wondering where they're going with the knockout division, but they've got a ton of talent there, so. It'll be fine. They just signed Jody Threat. They got Killer Kelly, Masha. Like, it's lit over there. They signed um, uh, Kylan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got a good division over there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nelson Muntz says, uh, fellas, it's time to rate the people again that Hunter brought back. I'm okay. Not doing it right now. Yeah, no, I'm okay. It's a little too late in this episode. Uh, yeah. We'll come back another episode. But, but more than that, I also think that... Uh, they all kind of got paused for WrestleMania build, but they're starting to all, all kind of trickle back in. Like we're, we just saw Bronson brought back to the show. Karrion Cross is being brought back in. Like I get for WrestleMania season, it was like, nah, we got to use our established guys or even bring in some legends. And those guys all kind of fell wayside. I'd be willing to at least wait. Um, I mean, like at this stage, the only one I'm truly willing to revise from the last time we did grades was I did give Bray Wyatt an A when we did this yeah. uh, last time. And I think right now his return, and I don't know exactly the circumstances as to why, but I think his return has to be marked with an F at the moment. Uh, Will Washington said that, you guys, not me. Well, yeah, I mean. I and think- that's way down from an A that I gave it last time. Because I, I thought that the QR code stuff was really good and the anticipation and hype they built for the return was great. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's turning around for some of the returns. I'll say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is looking like it's going to be a better year for EO in particular. And if it were me, I would have EO win the title. I know people are like, she's not ready. This is a multiple oh, time world, world champion <laughs> she she's going to be fine i think if you want her to be champion and you can have have the seeds they've already sold the seeds of uh breaking up uh damage control which one mm-hmm. of the other things i like from raw this week that they actually stood up to bailey and was like nah why do you always get a title shot it should be one of us 
Mm. And so, and then EO actually won the match. I think that's a good story to tell. And like I said, I think EO should win the title. And I think you should spend the next few months building to EO versus Asuka at SummerSlam. Saying EO's not ready is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's WWE fans that yeah, didn't yeah, watch her right. elsewhere. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they don't know. Right. They just don't. Van, it's okay. Van Twinblade says, uh, speaking of someone named Reed, um, mm-hmm. Myron reunites with Jordan Oliver uh with Nick Wayne as Injustice Express on GCW at Pops Across the River for St. Louis. Yeah, and I think they're wrestling like Gringo Loco, Edis, and Commander, I want to say. So that's just going to be crazy. Young Go. Yeah. Speaking of which, check out Indeed. Check out Indeed. Yeah. Every uh, Wednesday, I'll be talking <laughs> shit with Mike. Shout out to Mike. And on Thursdays, I'm with Kate on the Ring of Honor post show. So look at us just podcasting. It's great. Uh, Aaron says, seems like they are subtle hinting uh, that the Usos are going to be excommunicated out the bloodline in the coming weeks. I feel we are driving towards the Usos versus Roman and Solo. What y'all think? Mm. Um, I like Paul Heyman on SmackDown this week where he... I like that. Yeah, uh, where he turned toward uh, the Usos when he said that the tribal chief is getting fed up with the two of you mm-hmm. but the usos were still facing the other direction and thought mm-hmm. that they, he was talking about kevin and sammy really good stuff yeah really good yeah. work no paul Heyman's a fucking genius yeah uh let's see maz fan 84 says ty's match with sheeta showed me she's the real deal think a lot of people's match with sheeta i've always said everybody proved themselves with sheeta over that run when right. people were like wow penelope ford really has it when did they start to feel that way she didn't match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Ty has um, a lot of potential, man. I do think it sucks that her run kind of got uh, sidelined. Uh, I, I, I would kind of like to see more out of the JAS people. and let I l- would love to see them get some other feuds other than just kind of standing behind Jericho. And I understand mm-hmm. that's the bit. That's the, that's the whole point of the uh, stable. But, yeah, I would like to see some of them get some more feuds. So I'm correct happy for sammy right now right because like sammy yeah. getting to be in the world title picture which by the way uh if i remember correctly i think sammy is the only one of the pillars to have never had an AEW world title match really it was like darby had he was jericho's first title defense and then he also faced uh mox for the title i think that was july of 2020 mjf has had two title shots and he won on his second one uh and jungle boy had the match with kenny when mm-hmm. he won the, because he won the Casino Battle Royale. But Sammy, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but I don't believe Sammy's ever had an AEW World Title match. Oh. I, I don't think I don't... he has. Uh, Jungle Boy, I immediately remember, because I remember Jungle Boy losing that match, and then the next day it's like, ah, uh, I won anyway, because he this is my girl. So, yeah. Uh, which, speaking of, I don't know why people were mad at this shirt. I think it's dumb. It's just a shirt. Calm down. It's wrestling. People promote. And a J shirt. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I mean, shirt. this is like, how T-shirts work. You say a thing in a promo. It catches on. You put on a T-shirt. She said the thing. People were responding to it on Twitter. So she made a T-shirt. Oh, this trick in the book. The most famous wrestling <laughs> T-shirt of all time came from that. Austin 316. Here you go. That's how it happened. Yeah. That's how I, it. yeah that was weird. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see more from the JAS. I would like to see the, those guys get to actually do feuds outside of Jericho. It seems like they're leading in that direction with Sammy and 2.0 feuding was acclaimed. Boy, was that segment last night oh, God. awful, by the way. <sighs> awful. Um, I really like 2.0, but that segment was not it. 
I mean, I get it. I get rapping badly and offbeat is a way to get heat, but it also, as a <laughs> black male who m- makes rap music and listens to it, um, it, it makes my skin crawl. But I get, maybe that's supposed to be the point. Yeah, it, it is. But it was it was bad. It was it was not good. Uh, yeah. Why can't we ever have the opposite of like someone doing a fucking country music song awful or someone doing a folk song awful or some yeah, shit? It always oh, has been the, the New Day did uh, when they were eels. Yeah, and that was yeah. great. But we don't get that all the time. We always get rap shit of, you know, yeah. people making fun of rap or people it being some kind of butt of the joke. Hip hop ain't the butt of your fucking joke, Tony Khan. I'll bite you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the uh, hip hop shit. Leave it, it to the hip hoppers, so okay? Bad. Oh my uh, god. Oddly enough, though, why was Jake Hager's not the worst of the three? It got progressively not as bad. Like first was awful. It, it yeah. Cool, cool head came in with a little bit of flow to his. He had a little bit. He had a little bit. flow. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't good. But yeah, awful <laughs> segment. Terrible. Never, never want to see it again. Yeah. Next. <laughs> But I, I do like this feud, though, and I do like yes. where it's going. Me too. Uh-huh. Uh, Rob says, Nuggets in five. If Wolves need me to play, then four. Straight up. But who did Nuggets got first round? Uh, Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. That, that one. Yeah, Nuggets in five. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, tickets are super expensive, by the way. I want to go to one. Like, I always try to make at least a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never want to wait till it's too late because if my one playoff game is like early on and it turns out they make it to the finals, that sucks. But if I wait and they never get to the finals, then I'm fucked. So what <laughs> do I do? Got to have faith in your squad, bro. But then playoff games are expensive. Mm, I haven't even looked at the Warriors one. I don't want to cry. <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, let's see. Manash says the height of my d- fandom was WrestleMania 13. What was yours? That's a good question. Height um, of my fandom. It depends on what you what you're asking. You're yeah. Asking, what is the height of your WWE fandom? It's going to be a different question. If you're asking what is the height of my wrestling fandom, I would say right now. I feel like wrestling right now is better than it's ever been. Um, I, I would say 2021 um, was mine, and really just because like. Look, all the shit that was happening. It's like fans are back in the building. CM Punk just returned to professional wrestling. Uh, and like all of this just great shit is just happening back to back to back. Brian Danielson just wrestled Kenny Omega. Like I had never felt as good about being a wrestling fan as I did in 2021 to the point of where I was like, hey, you know what we should do? A podcast. Grab City. Mm-hmm. And we started Grab City. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with, uh, I'm with Phil. Like right now, like. It doesn't matter what day of the week, you could see an amazing wrestling match from somewhere in the world. Like, no matter what day of the week, a brand new great wrestling match. I don't know if wrestling's ever been like that. I don't know if it's because it's more accessible or whatever, whatever it is. But right now, it's like, you can't, it's not a better time to be a wrestling fan because there's so many outlets, so many wrestling companies, so many wrestlers. Like, it's crazy. It's interesting that you said WrestleMania 13 because I was watching WCW at that point. Like, I was so checked out on WWF programming around mm-hmm. WrestleMania 13 that uh, I remember it all feeling like completely off the wall disjointed. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so you've got 
Uh, Shawn Michaels just gave up the belt over here. Then Bret Hart, uh, like Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble, but then he's facing Bret Hart at WrestleMania, and that wasn't for the title. Uh, and you did the title change with Sid right beforehand. Like all of that, I remember just feeling like, nah, this is why WCW is my show. You don't have people dropping titles. You don't have people losing their smile over here. I want to see what Sting's going to do. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that was like, that was probably the lowest point for my fandom. And then I didn't start to come back around on WWF till it was after WrestleMania 14, to be honest. Like I was watching. But uh, I didn't make WWF my brand again till because what Wolfpack was ninety eight, and I was still mm-hmm. like all in on Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Sting's promo this week, excellent shit. Sting was it. so good this week. I liked it, loved it. Uh, man, I said this when me and Denise recorded that night, and I were reminded every time Darby gets anything to do, Darby is the most over of any of the pillars right now. It's clear mm-hmm. as day. He gets the best reaction, and his matches are amazing, and his promos have gotten way better. I thought the promo he cut was really good. Um, I think the best thing about Darby right now is he doesn't feel like a wrestler when he talks. He feels Mm -hmm. like a a real person. Mm -hmm. Good distinction. Uh, Reggie says, just a friendly super chat from the mecca of pro wrestling, the shy. Just got my Grapsity shirt in the mail today. I will be rocking it at Raw next week and AEW in June. Peace and good fortune to y'all. Thanks, Reg. That's dope. A great super chat right there. No, he was lying. <laughs> that first line. Nah, Mecca, man. You see, man, coming back, coming back around, boy. Back, boys is back in the building, man. I'm tired. Alexander says, "Can we have a 30 second media literary, literacy course for the public? Folks need to understand the difference between reporting and editorial. That line is aggressively misused by everyone." Very true. Agree. I, I agree. Because um, that was kind of think with the deadspin thing. The deadspin thing is an editorial, like. Um, People can write columns, that's what I do, and give yep. their opinion, but there's a difference between that and people actually reporting information that is real. Mm-hmm. Big distinction. Yep. Gaming from Canada says, how many crossroads to put Lesnar away? Uh, minimum three. Minimum yeah. three. Uh, let's see. Anime Otaku says, Will, check out a UK comedy sketch called Kevin the Teenager in preparation for your girl's next birthday. Okay. Uh, that's... <laughs> That sounds important. Um, let's see. Eloquent says, uh, Will Smith was chasing Tyra Banks. He was. Was. Points were made. Ricardo says, better buckshot, hangman or Paul? It's hangman. Um, yeah. I think mm. that. Yeah, hangman. Uh, hangman. I know Paul, people want. Take Paul, uh, Logan Paul don't be throwing that lariat. He'd just be like. Yeah, no, nah, I thought. I Like, I think the thing people miss is that. Logan Paul had a really good, um, the flip of the buckshot for him was really good. But I think Hangman, his lariat is just cleaner and, uh, and that's okay. Hangman's been doing this way longer than Logan Paul. This isn't me knocking Logan Paul. It's actually impressive that Logan Paul's is even in the conversation, but Hangman's is better. The lariat on Hangman's. It's the lariat that comes across better on Hangman's. Because he really be fucking fools up. Yeah, they've 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 built storyline around the, the the buckshot lariat. Like it's seen as a dangerous move now. It's it's hangman by far. That one on uh, I always think about the one on uh, Lance Archer where he flips over the ref into the table. Like that's such a really cool visual and spot. Yep. 
Tim Gordon says, should Mox get a new theme or should the BCC get a faction theme like the Outcast? I think they need a faction theme. Yes. I think we, we are at a point where Blackpool Combat Club needs their own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a good thing to do for the Outcast because I think if they were coming out to Destination, yeah. no people would be singing it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. having them come, them, out, them come out to the Ronnie record either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they need to be coming out to the Ronnie record. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Uh, Kevon says, uh, Will, I know you're a big Mariah fan. Gee, really? Um, how, did you f- how did you feel when they were comparing her to Ariana, and how do you feel about Ariana presently? I think they have, I think voice-wise, it's comparable. If you've ever heard Ariana sing Emotions by Mariah Carey, she hits every note perfectly. I think... Um, Yeah, if I tweeted this, Ariana fans would be all over me. Facts. I don't believe Ariana Grande has a classic record. And that is, um, I think she has, a, she had a bunch of, and still does, in the moment hit singles. But I don't feel like any of her songs are classics. You, you weren't feeling that, uh, you need to shut your mouth, shut your mouth. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that, that's my only thing. I think she has an incredible voice. And I think that if she lent it to less in the moment music and more of something that would have a little bit more of a of staying power, I think that she would be you know, in the Mariah conversation. But like she doesn't have a mariah type hit she don't have a hero she don't have a um one sweet day she doesn't have a uh she doesn't have anything that can go down as a classic a butterfly uh, anything along those lines so i like ariana as a voice i do girl can sing though she can Mm -hmm. uh let's see shame monster says who are in your years best so far mine danielson athena gunther claudio and mark davis Mm-hmm. Uh, it said, uh, "Got looks Wednesday, yelling. Close your eyes and count to F." Athena is definitely on my line. Uh, I think he was talking about Mark's uh, finisher. Um, Athena is on mine. She's the ROH MVP, as I said multiple times this week. Um, what is Brian? Oh yeah, Brian Nelson will be on mine too because that run he had before the uh, MJF match. Uh, for this year, I think it's Kenny Omega. I think Kenny yeah. Omega having the match of the year at, at, at Russell Kingdom, all yeah. of the singles matches he's having, uh, he's back to doing the character stuff again. The trios matches have been hidden. Yeah, I think it's Kenny Omega. I think they're going to announce a Kenny singles match coming up here real soon. This um, is why, this is what I'm saying. Follow my booking pattern, Tony Khan. Who we going to wrestle? It's okay. Follow my booking pattern. He's got a promo. Washington. He's got a promo coming up on Dynamite this week, and uh, I think he's going to be wrestling in Florida the following week. Uh, let's see. Derek says, uh, "I wasn't saying that there wasn't a hiring freeze. Just saying that they don't really hire people for the main roster without going to NXT first. So far, that's been the case." Uh, Wombat in Combat says, do you think they'll cancel Rampage when AEW Collision starts? Uh, I don't think they'll cancel it, but I think they... Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's going to just serve a different purpose. Right. 
Um, again, though, I think TNT is, like I said, has been not as conducive to the existence of AEW as they probably intended in the beginning. And I don't think T- TNT saw that initially. I think when they, you know, originally started with AEW, I think they thought they were going to be able to accommodate them more. And then they took on the NHL. We're like, actually, we can't. Yeah. Speaking of NHL, salute to the captain, Jonathan Taves. Finished up this time with the Blackhawks. Brought this brought this this city three Stanley Cups. Salute to that guy. <laughs> I don't know hockey, so I'm not a big <laughs> hockey fan either, but there was nothing bigger in this city Sharks, from, maybe. Like, those few years up than the Blackhawks, man. This Sharks this won recently, I mean, didn't they? Yeah. I mean look, the Colorado Avalanche are the reigning and defending Stanley Cup champions, but uh, come on, man! You couldn't go in any bar at one point in this city during those summers and not hear da na na da na na da na 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 na. Come on, man! Blackhawks was that was a vibe for those summers, man. Uh, you had Brent to be Lock- here. <laughs> <laughs> Brent Lockman said, "said Look, um, heated hockey rinks is going to change that. I'm sure for black people, but until then." I went to a hockey game. I went to my first hockey game, what, like three, four years ago. And it was an interesting vibe. I'll say that. Uh, there were no black people around. Um, <laughs> and that is. And, but I will say that, like, hockey fans are aggressive. Yeah. And uh, that was the main attitude I was getting amongst it, everything is that I was like, there is. There is beer in these white people, and they they are very serious about what they are watching. I mean, uh, somebody block. That's from hockey. Hockey, they're like the oldest uh, bloodthirsty fans there are. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. They've been down with this shit for a long time. Them white boys be getting drunk in there. That's why they want to punch yeah, each no, other. I, I, I thought, like I said, I felt like I was watching fucking roman coliseum i was like Straight up. y'all are <laughs> gladiator days like and i go to professional wrestling shows but you mm-hmm. guys are aggressive mm-hmm. y'all want to see blood at every turn straight up <laughs> blood sport it was uh it was, it was a fascinating watch i'll say that i was more people watching than like even wa- watching the game i'm like i can kind of see the puck but y'all are very interesting <laughs> Yeah, nah. it was it, it was a different time in the city when the Hawks was winning, and, and mm-hmm. because we we latched on to any winners, we don't have any real winners in the city. True. That's why anytime somebody wins, we we latch on to it immediately. That makes and sense. And the Hawks won three titles in in a matter of a few years. They were the closest we had to a dynasty in the city. So, your boy well, Phil I, was really outside when they were winning them Phil championships too. Was outside too. for them Blackhawks wins too. Man, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason him coming back to the United Center with the banners up there from the Hawks. No, it was. Listen, man. Bring the vibe back, man. It's all right. <laughs> all, <laughs> all I, I, I saw I saw people complaining that um, that they're going to be at Wintrust for a CM Punk return. I think people are underestimating how good of a venue Wintrust actually is. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to get a better reaction in Wintrust because it's a smaller and more inti- intimate arena, and you're going to come back for you to the United Center anyway for All Out. So mm-hmm. it's not like. We're not going to get a big arena, so right. it's fine. Yeah. And I think Wintrust is a good arena. I don't know why. I mean, I get why it's associated with being smaller because it's the WNBA arena. Um, but, you know, it holds 10,000. Um, it's not a – like, I don't think it's an arena to just, you know, turn your nose up at. Right. No, I think it's a good arena to do dynamites at. 
but for like mm-hmm. pay-per-views and other stuff like i get it you you can still you do united center or now arena if you want yeah mm-hmm. and it was still fine for pay-per-view they did uh revolution there and it yep uh they had everybody had the wristbands on and the, the glowing wristbands they did the entrances yeah i uh, still think that mox entrance of him coming out from the cold and and the sleeveless jacket on <laughs> that was fire mm-hmm. yeah you're like i know that street that's mm-hmm. yeah uh brent lockman says grap symbol has been thrown up so much lately we should just leave it up appreciate you guys Thanks, i man. know it feels like every time there's a story they're like hey you guys should do an emergency grapsity <sighs> one we day have- we're gonna do one you guys one day we'll do it one day we've got, uh, but we do have Ask Rhapsody coming up this week. So yes, um, we did do an emergency Rhapsody on January first, twenty twenty-two. You're right. We I know that was still Saturday, but we were not supposed to do a show that week. We were supposed to be off. That was an emergency. Uh, let's see. Eloquence says Maya needs to fight back. Mercedes stay punking her. Yeah, that's why I feel like she's gonna win and break people's hearts. Vass says, "Who you got for Jay White at All In?" Like I said, I would do Cole at All Out, so All In. Or maybe do Cole at All In. I don't know. No, as a matter of fact, this is what I would do. I would do Bullet Club Gold versus somebody at, versus Cole and whoever he can get at All In. And then at All Out, do the one-on-one, White Mm -hmm. and Cole. Man, it sure would be great if uh, Kyle was ready. I know. I know, that would be right. Uh, let's see. We've got anything else. Super chat wise, Sheldon Jackson says, "Are y'all looking forward to New Japan's Capital Collision tonight?" I am. Yes. Um, we're gonna get a lot more clarity on what's happening at Forbidden Door. Um, but let's see. Uh, also, thoughts on Bullet Club and Bullet Club Gold and possible match at Forbidden Door. There's potentially supposed to be a new Bullet Club member tonight, right? Didn't uh, Finley say something about that? Uh, I think he might have said something about that. I think so. But Potential uh, new Bullet Club member. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, I don't think Bullet Club is dead in the water like I keep seeing people say. Um, I don't buy Finley as leader, but we'll no. see where they go with this. Uh, let's see. We got a... I mean, Jay White was kicked out of the Bullet Club, and he was just mm-hmm. like, no, I wasn't. Wait. Well, he wasn't kicked out of Bullet Club. He just was kicked out of Japan. Mm. They didn't kick him out. The group didn't didn't kick him out. Mm. Nelson Muntz continues with, uh, before Punk came to AEW, there was hardly any backstage heat. That's a he's, lie. A, he's a cancer and brings drama everywhere he goes. Then it acts like it's never him that causes the problems. Uh, hold on. That causes the problems backstage. Listen, not, Nelson, for, not for a guy that's named after a cartoon bully... Mm-hmm. Why are you upset <laughs> at somebody else that might be a bully, man? I don't get it. <laughs> Look, yeah, no. It's a, it's a wrestling company. There have been issues from day one. There's never a I mean, I think goes off on nothing. I think the issue is uh, you have to look at what AEW was and what it is. What it was was a vision by multiple people who were working together to create something big, right? And eventually it became kind of quickly a professional wrestling company which has a lot of individuals that are out for individual goals and needs whereas when it first started it was about the collective goal and that's just professional wrestling in general that uh 
it still in a lot of ways is about the collective goal. There's a lot of guys there that are just like, I just want to see AEW succeed. And then there are others that are like, I want to see AEW succeed with me on top. Right. Um, and that's with me as the champion. Yeah. And that's professional wrestling. That's kind mm-hmm. of just how it goes. Um, so I think there being problems is just the nature of a competitive locker room. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that notion that there was no backstage heat there before he got there is just it's just absolutely untrue. You just didn't hear as much about it. Um, the thing I will say that Punk, Punk did hand the company its most embarrassing moment was, was mm-hmm. all, the end of All Out. Yeah. And I do think that he should have repercussions for that. But I don't yes. think that that means, all right, well, let's never do business with him again. Right. No, that means you bring him out in Chicago and then you drop an anvil on him and then you're like, all right, everybody, yeah, got we him. got him. Hey, we back. got him. Um, let's see. Final one. Joseph Snurk says they need to bring back unscripted violence by violent idols for BCC. Uh, I don't know. That song used to get a pop too. That was John Moxley's, uh, first song in AEW. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That, that song was kind of popular too. I think they just need something original. Yeah. I also was just suggesting to, uh, the Swerve that I think, um, I would like to see the Mogul Embassy have an original song. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it kind of feels like Blackpool Combat Club should have something that sounds, I don't know, British because the name of their <laughs> their group is Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Right. It should have uh, some kind of UK ex- um, influence or something. Well, either way, folks, we've reached the end of Grapsity. Thank you for being here. Uh, we'll be back this Thursday for Ask Grapsity on Fightful Select. So definitely check that out and continue to support all things Fightful, youtube.com slash Fightful. There's always shows going on um, and there's always post shows going on. Post shows are all great work. Everybody involved, including people on this screen. And, uh, and then, of course, continue to follow us on all social media platforms. I'm kind of losing patience for Twitter, NGL. But um, keep telling you, buddy. Uh, well, listen, man. I just wish people wouldn't take Sorry, this stuff so seriously. I've been watching this back and forth with people taking sides and being, I'm the elite guy, I'm a punk guy. None of this stuff is that serious, man. Just nope. Calm down, guys. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was no wrestling and there was none of this, you wouldn't have anything to spend all your day talking about. That's it. So there you go. Like I said, CM Punk didn't personally do anything to you, no matter how upset you are about this. He's just yeah. a fucking arrogant wrestler like your favorite wrestler is also yeah and i mean look if those guys don't want to work with him i understand why because they were assaulted you as a fan were never assaulted nothing so you can relax yes yes (laughs) we will see you next time have a great day peace when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.